Welcome to the WTF Forum. The hosts do not give financial, legal, medical or any kind of advice. Opinions are their own. This broadcast contains foul language and dangerous ideas. If you need a trigger warning you are in the wrong place. Now enjoy the show. Dear partners and friends of What the fuck? Form, a very cordial welcome. The WTF Forum is a decentralized broadcast network with no governing body of any kind and is produced and distributed by a loosely affiliated, ever-growing network of rogue, independent content creators. This forum does not, will not, and shall not have any one location, feed, platform, or channel, but shall be shared and multiplied as nature dictates. If any listener of the following proceedings finds themselves offended, they will be asked kindly to go fuck themselves. All right, what the fuck's up, everybody? How we doing? Uh, this here is Mike the Polymath, as usual. Uh, easy peasy podcast. And we've got a good bunch of what the fuckers here tonight. Uh, perhaps more will join. I will pass it over for now to Ashley. Hey there, everyone. It's Ashley slash Think Change Repeat from the Union of the Unknowns. I'm very happy to be here with my pod mate, Stella Q, and I'll pass it over to her. Hello. Thanks, Ashley. Good to see you all again. Um, yeah, also from Union of the Unknowns and uh, various other places. Passing it over to OG. Going on, y'all. I'm happy to be back after a little bit of a hiatus. Uh, OG Dadbot, OG Dadbot One, whole lot of nothing podcast, and I'm gonna throw it over to Fido. Hi, everyone. This is Phytophiliac. I make music, and you can find my stuff on SoundCloud and all major streaming platforms. And take it away, Drizzy. And I am the Drizzle host of Grand Theft World Liberty Radio, and uh, you can also find. Phytophiliac's music on Liberty Radio from time to time as well. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. It's true. And yeah. I'm keeping the talking stick. I'm not passing it back. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Driz, I've really been enjoying the uh the Liberty Radio stuff, man. I you know, I tune in when I can and uh, yeah. I'm rarely there live. In fact, I've never been there live. So um I will forgive all of the WTF listeners that don't tend to make it live i'm assuming there's thousands of them but um <laughs> i kid no but driz it's it's fun like the music's fun and um yeah we were talking kind of before we went live i agree um i think it was stella was saying that you have a really good tempo with your speech um hmm. and it's something i'm trying to learn from especially now that i'm trying to record my audiobook because i definitely have a tendency to try to talk as fast as I read and it ends up just not being good. Right. Um, so yeah, slowing down, it's something we can all learn from you. Oh, well, thank you. Yes. And, uh, I appreciate, uh, all the kind words. Um, I, I wish I could teach you how to do it. Uh, but I, I don't think I would be a very good instructor. Uh, cause I'd probably just keep slowing down my own pace to the point where you would end up falling asleep. So, <laughs> It's nice to have the option if you need to, to go to times two and still be comfortable. So 
It's good. I have to say, I haven't fallen asleep once listening to Drizzle. So. Nah, it's great. <laughs> Highly um, recommended. I, I have to confess, I have fallen asleep a couple times towards the end of the show because they run late at Grand Theft World Liberty Radio. They take you in well into the midnight hour. And there have been a time or two whenever I know that I dozed off, but it was probably more to the uh, soothing tones of Hi Yona (laughs) (laughs) than Drizzle. But I I do love the show as well. Big fan. Well, thanks, everybody. I was going to say, too, um, you know, we've at least I've kind of thrown out there how cool it would be to do like a WTF forum um, meetup at some point. And uh I'm thinking we would just bang out some Grand Theft World Liberty Radio in the background and have a good time, you know? <laughs> yeah, Hell yeah. It'd be a good party. I big guarantee it. For, big plug for Driz here. If you are not aware, <laughs> what, what time and what day is the the party happening on Grand Theft World Liberty Radio? All right. So our normal broadcast schedule is Wednesday through Saturday, 9 p.m. to midnight Eastern. Uh, however, that is going to get interrupted in October, and I'm not sure just yet for how long that interruption is going to last, but at least for the final week in September, you'll be able to catch us Wednesday through Saturday, 9 to midnight Eastern. And that's on our Odyssey channel. Every night from Wednesday to Friday, you said? Wednesday to Saturday. Saturday. That's yeah. awesome, dude. I thought Four it was. A week. Wow. Cool. Cool. That is a lot of work. I used to have a community radio show just a couple of times a week. And I mean, I did have other things running a farm and a family, but it is a lot of work to put together, you know, a nice Christian, a nice, um, what am I looking for? The wave of um, music. So, you know, you, you build up to something and then you sort of bring it down. You don't just randomly chuck anything on sort of thing. So I appreciate that. Well, maybe you do. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll take it. <laughs> but then again, it's nice to be spontaneous. So whatever. Yeah, it works. I always make sure it sounds good, though. So uh, it always does. As far as that's concerned. And I feel like we should throw the bone over here to OG because it's been a while, brother. And uh, and I'm just curious. I know you went on a big road trip, right? Yeah, man. Uh, I finally found work. Uh, kind of made a big circle back. Uh, really happy with uh, the job and, uh, hopefully a promising new career doing something that I have wanted to do since I got into the workforce. Uh, other than that, uh, you know, just dealing with, you know, life, right. Some personal stuff, uh, here and there, but you know, that's just part of being an adult, I guess. Um, celebrated my, my mom, my and my mom's birthday last week. And, uh, and other than that, just trying to get back in the casual dating scene. Well, I don't know. Dating scene, casual scene. I don't really know what the damn difference is. Uh, it's <laughs> totally different than what I'm used to. So, Happy birthday, OG. I am so disgusted with myself. I had a post-it note in front of me, and I completely got under another post-it note. <laughs> well, I Hilarious. Say, Happy belated. Hey, if that was the worst thing that had happened to me on Wednesday, I think I'll live. <laughs> <laughs> I never remember anybody's birthdays. Like I almost want to forget mine half the time. So I'm going to just say like, if you expect me to remember, you're going to be disappointed. <laughs> I'm not a good birthday date. rememberer either. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm quite bad with dates, but I will say happy birthday to OG. Yeah. 
and OG, where where did all you go on that road trip? You, oh, were, you were in Utah for a while, right? Uh, well, no, I went to Texas, hit Texas for a week, mm-hmm. New Mexico, Arizona, Nevada, Idaho, Montana, the Dakotas, Iowa, and then I finished up with a weekend with a buddy of mine in Kansas City, Missouri. So uh, other than that, I've just been uh, pounding pavement and enjoying uh, living in the big metallic uh, tube of death, also known as an airplane, the past couple of weeks. So I hit uh, Newark, uh, I hit uh, Detroit, and then I'm getting on a plane to fly to Denver, go to Hayden, and spend a week in Steamboat Springs. I used to live in Steamboat just outside for a summer. That's a really cool town, man. You'll have fun. Yeah, any any recommendations on stuff to do in that part of the world? Well, um, if you want to just rip downhill on a mountain bike, you can you can rent a bike and like take the gondola or the chairlift or whatever and just have a badass time like without having to work too hard for it. <laughs> a lot of like hardcore mountain bikers would would give you shit for it, but I won't. It's like that's hella fun. Um, also like, it's a pretty cool town. You can find like a good, like country Western bar where there's going to be live music pretty much any night. Um, if you were there in the winter, I'd say go ski, but that's not so much an option. Yet. Man, you've seen my fat ass. You think I need to be anywhere near a goddamn bike other than exercise or getting on hey, the <laughs> I'm saying, man, you'd, you'd, you'd have a good time. You know, there's, there's differing, um, difficulties of trails. So Again, like that's my number one recommendation. It's so beautiful, and that's a pretty cool way to like see some mountain, you know, without having to without having to sweat your ass off. Yeah. Now, is it kind of like Breckenridge, where it's real touristy? I, like, I drove through it uh, last October, and I wasn't that impressed. I know a bunch of people uh, that go out there every winter and ski, and just you know, honest to God, they smoke pot and drink while they're out there, but. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's fucking cold. I don't know what else you'd want to do. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's a little bit touristy, but it's not bad. I thought it was a charming town. It's still pretty small. Although, again, it's been 10 years, 11 years since I've been there. So I'm not sure at this point. But if there's still, uh, I think it might have gone out of business, but there was a pretty good little sushi spot uh, called Sposta's, I'm pretty sure. It was like Americanized sushi, but I liked it. Anyways, um, yeah, Steamboat, cool town, whatever. Uh, I'm thinking, though, about you say you're traveling a lot more for work, I presume, on airplanes. And how how many people on the airplanes at this time are wearing their masks? Well, it usually starts about the time you hit the the check-in line and you see one or two of them. Uh, It gets worse. Hey, y'all, I'm going to be right back. I'll be right back. Worse as you go through TSA, you, you start seeing probably double that number. And then by the time they get on the airplane, uh, I would say it's probably maybe 2 to 3% of the flight. And it just depends. I mean, you know, you have your classic people who you can imagine out in public that wear masks. They are uh, double and triple masked up. Uh, I saw one guy in Newark. I'm like, how the fuck are you breathing, bro? But you go to one <laughs> And how many fibers are they breathing into their lungs? They're making themselves yeah, much yeah. worse. Well, that shit's made out of plastic, isn't it? Bloody oath it is. And, um, you know, there's been so many dentists talking about the horrendous mouth issues they're seeing because of mask wearing and, you know, ugh, 
bacteria. Part A. Pew, pew. Yeah. So, I have, you know, in my area. Oh, sorry. Sorry, Mike. I just want to say I ahead, was making note over the last couple of days. I have been seeing more people starting to wear masks uh, around here. It's not a lot, but it's more than it was. And I, I was thinking, I guess maybe what they're trying to do is just get people to uh, to maybe associate it with like flu season and basically like that September, October timeframe through March, they're going to try to get people to do it every year. I don't know. I also personally believe that it's part of <laughs> a ritual uh, mm, that they are yeah. kind of forcing people through. Um, anyway, yeah, but they, that's they don't my have two a- cents. They don't quite yet have enough soldiers to assign to each person to walk around with the hand over the mouth, so they have to rely on masks at this point. So I'm thinking about how, have you guys heard, I think I you know, I mentioned it in the chat, so at this point you've probably all heard of it, but the shopping cart test. I don't know anything about I've heard about of this. it, but I don't know what it is either. So there's this kind of hypothesis, right, that... Perhaps the best test for whether or not somebody is a decent human being is do they take the shopping cart to the corral (laughs) or do they leave it in the middle of the fucking parking lot? Okay. I am familiar with this now. Now I'm really hoping everybody in this group is a decent enough person to put their damn carts where they're supposed to go. If you're not, you might just bite your tongue on the matter because it's. I'm like, this is something that bugs me, man. It does. It always has. I'm like, it takes, you know, 10 seconds to wheel your shit into the corral. And some people just think, oh, I'm not going to do it. Like, and they all have the same fucking excuses. Okay. So this, <laughs> this is something that I've been following for a while. I think I even mentioned it on a, on a forum, but I didn't share any clips. These are the self-proclaimed cart narcs okay and before you before you play mike i do want to say one of my buddies showed me uh, this person (laughs) Uh, this has been quite a while ago yes and these people were pissed and really aggressive uh to this guy Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. they're doing they're doing something that's actually pretty brave yes okay people get very very shitty and often threaten to beat their asses. They rarely do, of course, because people are full of shit. But yeah, check this one out. This one's re- uh, relatively recent, about 12 days ago. And um, this guy got really pissed. It's, it's, I find it hilarious, frankly. All right, Cardinal Tears. Oh, that is a posting going on right over here when the cart returns right there. Let us uh, get to our... Uh, attention, Griff 91. That's not where the car goes. Car turns right over there. Appreciate it, sir. Thank you very much. Well, where are you going? Ah, oops, I'm dropping magnets left and right. All right, well, here comes the bumper magnet. Let's see. Perfect application, nice steel bumper. Yeah, dude, that's a, uh, let me use your verbiage. That's our bumper magnet. It says, I don't return my shopping cart like a jerk. It's got our phone number. You can give us a <laughs> ring and uh, call us. Oh, that's not where the carts go or the magnet goes. Hey, you can talk to that lady like that too? Car, car right there. Well, sir, we got, we're only one person. 
if you're no better than that lady, then I'll have to apply another magnet. That's not very nice, sir. Okay, I'm going to pause because clearly we've got a masker. Not only that, <laughs> he looks really like he's not even wearing the mask right. I think it's under his nose. I'm not totally sure, but... And it's okay and because he's, he's a fan of space. Exactly. Massive, exactly. Massive sweatshirt with shorts and flip flops. Okay. He's a I Nazi have, supporter. I, I, I'm suspect of anybody that wears a hoodie with shorts and a flip flop. <laughs> what about yeah, it's very oh, indecisive, isn't it? Like, Listen. And also, what's on the back of the truck there on the back of the cabin? Is that like wanky lights? The red? Is that pretendy? Is lights? that a firefighter? He's no, a firefighter. On the, helmet. On the roof. He, of He's the a cabin. Yeah, there. The, uh, oh, no. That's just the regular just light assembly. Brake, no. brake lights. Yeah. Oh, but okay. He is a firefighter, and he's got like a Clifford the Big Red Dog sticker, it looks like. Or maybe it's... No, no, no. That's a fire helmet. Yeah. That hmm. sticker is a fire helmet. Oh, right. Um, yeah. No, he is a firefighter. It even like becomes part of the issue here. <laughs> it's really funny. <laughs> but so for the listeners, because the audio is not great, um, he's essentially throwing a little bumper magnet They've got a bunch of different bumper magnets, and they're all fucking hilarious. And it, this one apparently says something about, um, I don't return my shopping cart like a jerk. But usually it says something about, I'm a big lazy bones. And part of their whole gimmick is they're like, they're direct, but they're polite, and they never swear. They let the other person swear. I think this is a very interesting tactic, to be frank. Should I play on? Well, I was going to say, how's that been working out for the right? Well, fair, you know, but at least it does give you some leg to stand on, right? It's like, I'm not really, you know, the, you're kind of the aggressor, right? You're, you're engaging. You're not really aggressing, but you are throwing a bumper magnet onto somebody's car, which in the court of law, I don't know, they might give you a hard time for that as some kind of vandalism, but it's uh, clearly non damaging you know what i mean like it's not yeah, a sticker. what's yeah. more damaging is dealing with the human ego this is humiliation mm -hmm. it's public humiliation and that's why people respond so aggressively mm. um i'm saying this is like very typical they get a they get a variety of responses but a lot of times they get this the, the well, fucking well i'll go a little bit further mike and yeah. and i'll add that the reason that people respond aggressively is because they know what they the behavior that they are engaging in is objectively wrong according to society. Mm. And they thought they got away with it, so they've been caught out. Right. But uh, there is also that little thing of don't touch me, don't touch my stuff. I think I would, no matter what the cause, no matter how good it is, I think if someone was trying to put a magnet on my car, I would probably take a little bit of issue with that. I would certainly wouldn't get fully aggressive, but it'd be sort of like, that's a line you don't cross. So sure. Yeah. Kind of just drive anyone. off and take it off in the next parking lot. Mm. Yeah. Well, that that's often what it ends up going down as they get sick of, cause they have like 10 or 15 uh, magnets. So like the person can throw them all, all over the parking lot and they'll just throw a new one on. It's again, I think it's an interesting tactic. I'm not sure if it is perfectly, um, in in compliance with the non-aggression principle, but I don't. I frankly don't give a fuck. Like fuck these people who leave their carts out. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's know. also it's also the shock sort of thing too that people it's, are immediately yeah. on guard because they have they need a couple of seconds to sort of 
think, what's this person approaching me for? What's this about? And whereas the other person already knows, you know, it's premeditated. Mm -hmm. So there's mm -hmm. that. That's that little sort of human instinct adjustment of fight or flight. So there's, you're already kind of on guard. True. So it's an interesting experiment in human psychology, yes. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. And they have so many videos, and a lot of them are really, really funny. We don't have time for all of them, but I do want to play the rest of this because <laughs> this guy loses his goddamn mind. Well, take it, how about this? You take your card back, and I won't have to. And here it comes. Ready? Hey. What? I'm not bullshit. Why? Well, sir, neither am I at BSing. Well, you built the car away yourself. No, then you would never learn, sir. You'd be a lazy bum for the rest of your life. Lazy bum, yeah. I'm a fucking firefighter, piece of shit. Well, then you should be dealt about personal responsibility. I'm going to get you a, uh... Dumb, dumb butt. Huh? Now he's in reverse. Let's see. Waiting. Just the right moment. And... It's an a classic. He's a beast. Turn me down. It's a rearview mirror. Classic Mexican standoff. Got Oh, he's got... He's on the phone now. He's calling his firefighter friends to come over and also be irresponsible. <laughs> Again, this is the worst. We, every once in a while, every once in a while, we'll see a public servant get caught being lazy bones and then get all uppity about it. Well, if you remember, God, it was almost about a year ago that we were in Baton Rouge and that firefighter gave us a bunch of lip and didn't want to turn his card either. So it's this guy's just going to be on the phone doing whatever, probably calling us cop. Oh, hello. How's it going? Hey, do you need me to talk to anybody? I can give some, uh, I can give some assistance if you need me to. Whatever. Not a sticker, it's a bumper magnet, sir. Non-marking on a steel surface. You call on some, uh... So I think he called a cop buddy of his. Right. And he's like, hey, can can you come arrest this guy? He put us he put a bumper magnet on my truck. Can you come <laughs> get him? Can I do anything? Can I beat him up, please? <laughs> you know, he should have used the, the nanoparticles in his body from being boosted and vaxxed <laughs> and moved the cart with his mind. Yeah. <laughs> well, look at him. His fucking mask is definitely down under his nose. Like this. Yeah. Okay. So not only mask. is this the shopping cart test, this is my point in, in connecting it with the mask. You know, <laughs> not every one of these cart narc videos are they wearing a mask, but it does happen. And it's kind of funny, you know, that that's maybe a correlation. I don't know. But this guy's clearly not even wearing it right. Like, what's the point, dude? What are you trying to fucking prove? <laughs> like, literally, uh, like, I think this guy fails two tests for whether or not you're decent or halfway intelligent is he um is he alone in that truck or we yeah. assume so yeah but he's still got his mask on <laughs> yeah i was gonna say i thought this guy lost his mind but it actually it might well here we go <laughs> well before this, we get started yeah. too really quick i just wanted to chime in that uh, i'm curious if maybe he's wearing the mask as a requirement depending on where this is happening because now, originally, when everything uh, during lockdown times, there were people that were working for like firefighters, EMS, etc. And if they were caught out in public without their mask, like they could get tattled on. So that's one thing, like maybe he doesn't 
believe in the mask, but he's wearing it because he, quote, has to, something like that. Um, and I would also say that, yes, I w in the um, anarchist community, that traditionally firefighters have a better reputation than cops because people say, well, firefighters show up to help you. They don't show up to kill you. Um, but <laughs> this guy, is, he seems like a real asshole. Yeah. Couldn't agree more. Um, I've got a buddy that's a firefighter and he's like one of the best people I've ever known. Um, but you know, there's assholes in every profession. They're just disproportionately high with cops for obvious reasons. Um, and just look at the domestic abuse statistics to, to prove that one. But, um, yeah, you know, again, like I, I, I'm not saying that these guys are like perfect, libertarian like non non-aggressors here the carton arcs but they are funny they're funny and i like funny you know just reflecting and, on oh yeah. i'm sorry matt i thought go you ahead. finished go ahead yeah just reflecting quickly on what ashley just said i'm just wondering would it if it was a requirement for him would that still be a requirement when he's in public if he's not in uniform or any kind of identifiable thing apart from the nasa sloppy joe <laughs> but um like if you know would is that how it works over there would that be still a requirement out of uniform? It was for the individuals that I encountered, um, because if they're part of the community, there's a good chance they would be identifiable in the community. Um, yeah, fair enough. Maybe, okay, maybe not, question. but it seemed like around here it was. Thank you. Let's watch the rest of this. Right on. The play, these sort of situations where it's very, yes, got it, huh. Whew, good job, high five, high five, all around. Ah, see, I tricked you out again, sir, it didn't stick. But I gave the victory celebration, which obviously only give me another chance to apply this time. All right, ready? Uh, yes, sir, what's that? I can't hear you, what? For doing what? Being responsible? Being responsible, you're being a fucking douchebag. I'm being nice, trying to encourage you to be a good person. Yes. <laughs> yeah, see? And he said he was a firefighter of all things. What? You would think these people would want to be the most responsible, right? Uh, right, exactly. Protect and serve. Oh, he got, oh, I think he, oh, he threw my magnet away. Hold on. Well, I'll get it. He's too far away now. But you see how obstinate people can be? Call me names left and right. Oh, sorry, Valerie. I apologize for that. I'll turn, I'll turn off the megaphone. <laughs> okay. I, just, I, I think they're so funny. I think they're so fucking funny. Yeah. And I actually, I have one where it's the exact opposite response, um, which I think is kind of interesting. You know, basically this lady's like totally, she's like into it. Hold on. It's going to take me a second. Any thoughts at this point? I would actually like to know whether it goes any further than just the uh, trolley issues in the car park, because I personally think it should, uh, maybe he can make another episode. Um, the people who leave their trolleys in the middle of the aisle when they're going to get something went that they forgot from further back down the aisle, and you've got to sort of get around this unattended trolley. And then there's the other ones where the mothers stop and talk in the middle of the aisle, and mm. they don't make it's like they're just completely oblivious that there's a world around them yeah. and other people exist on the planet. Um, so, yeah, that's my major gripe with shopping trolleys is people who just don't 
think about other people at all. Whereas these guys, at least they're keeping the trolley collectors into in a job, you know. So. <laughs> okay, so actually, a lot of them make that argument, and it's well, such my bullshit. son used to do that job, so I'm a bit sensitive to it. <laughs> yeah, but like they still got to go get it from the corrals. The whole point of don't leave it in the parking lot is they can roll away, they can ding somebody's car. Absolutely, you know, it's like it's irresponsible. And yep. It's just shitty, you know. Um, just for the record, I am a trolley returner, by the way. I, Good. <laughs> I, went to the, I went to the store the other day, and I was coming back to my car. I had, I didn't need a buggy because I just grabbed a few things, and there was a there was a shopping cart like right next to my car that I guess somebody had parked next to my car and left their shopping cart there. The thing was, it was two spaces over from the buggy return. It's like you couldn't walk ten feet to return the cart to the buggy return. That's right. So we've got we've got trolley buggy. I always just called them carts. Yeah, it's a cart, just like Coke refers oh, to yeah. all sodas. Wrong. <laughs> That's correct. <laughs> yes, yeah, so I pass, think there's. Say <laughs> there seems to be various levels of trolley trogs. Um, seems to be yeah various laws being broken. <laughs> there's the two away from the um, cart depot and then there's the ones that leave them like it's a fair walk to get back so you know if you're in a wheelchair okay fair enough <laughs> but if not you know, still they, do it but the wheelchair they they get a special parking spot they don't need to be parked at the back this and also if you if you request help on your way out of the grocery store they will help you you know they'll take the cart in for you they'll load your groceries for you you know they probably would i've never thought to ask oh i, I it happens a lot Old right. people, disabled folk, you know. Gosh, I've yeah. never seen any of the supermarket people helping people around here or ever. The only, the only, the only issue I would have with, um, with videos like that is um, these days you don't know what kind of person you're coming up on, and people are crazy, and you don't know what kind of response, yeah. they're gonna, how they're going to respond. So, doing something like what he was doing is kind of. It's uh, kind of playing with fire in my. I agree. Life yeah. Because you don't know what people are going to do anymore. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this would have been a lot easier to do in the before times without having to worry about your personal safety. I agree with Phytophiliac. It is. You're playing with fire. People are on a hair trigger, like a lot of they these are. folks. Yeah. yeah. Many off. people are just broken. Right. Psychologically. They are mm -hmm. broken, and you don't know what's going to set them off. 100%. Look what we've all been through. We've all been terrorized. We've all been through. We're all in PTSD at the moment, every single person on the planet just about, except for them. So, yes, it is very dangerous. And also in a court of law, I wonder where how it would go for you if you did get assaulted. I mean, you are the, sort of the aggressor, as has already mm -hmm. been claimed. But anyway, it's still funny. <laughs> it is still funny. It's still funny. But they, you know... They're, they they sell like little kits and they have like a course to be a narcoteer as they call it and um <laughs> so you know in a way they are encouraging people to go out and do this themselves but like i said they they have certain rules where they like they have to basically be respectful no matter how disrespectful the other person is and like i said here's one that's like the exact opposite which I thought was kind of cool. You know how people will sometimes, let's say, just leave their carts right in the middle of the spot, right? Yeah. So what we do is we'll point them to the nearest cart return. And, 
Oh, uh, the Cartnarks. So I'm Who Agent. Are the Cartnarks. So I'm Agent Cameron. There's Agent Sebastian, Agent Cordell. Oh, come on, Agent. Come on. Agent. Sure, there's agents. There's sports agents. There's talent agents. There's real estate are agents. You a narc agent? That's right. Yes, ma'am. Cartnark, technically. Okay, so what's in it for you? Well, it's a cleaner and politer parking lot, and it's a people. A, who hires you? Who pays? Oh no, it's volunteer. It's volunteer. Cartnarks hire us. So it's like a the analogy we use is like so adopt a adopt a mile. Who pays Cartnarks? Nobody. I mean, where there's secondary income from things like. Uh, online video streams and things like that, but it started and remains a purely volunteer position and organization. But you're not a volunteer. Yes, of course. Like I said, I was about to say the like. I am fascinated by this. <laughs> you ever see the adopt a mile signs on the highway? That's those are volunteers, and they come out every whatever month or so and pick up trash. We do this same thing, but with like we'll go along the edge of the park, you know, outside the sidewalk. How long will you be in this park? I'm sorry, I'm waiting. No, it's quite all right. Right so like between 15 minutes and 30 minutes typically and we kind of go around different parking lots because we'll clean it go to an area clean it up direct people to where they go and they kind of go to different places in the same so area. So what if somebody fights you back? Well we're highly trained secret agents and very okay. agile. How, how did, you are cracking me up my friend. Thank you Will I appreciate but, it. Honey, Although it's, it is um, super serious. What's, what? Oh. Uh oh. I hit the unlock button. <laughs> Sorry, I'll skip. She, she takes oh, way too long to figure that out. That. Um, it's terrible. I'm sorry. We'll skip the honking horn. Okay. The cart marks. Yeah. Can I just report and read? No. Report and redirect people who don't put their cards in. Would you like a sticker? What's, what's, what's funny yes, is that I was one of those people. And then <gasps> I decided. Who left their card it out? It takes me 45 seconds yes. to be courteous yes. to somebody else. Because they'll say, oh, they pay people. Sure, but that'll take 30 minutes, an hour. In the meantime, the card's sitting there, right? But seriously, really, I, I mean, and I was. I'd be like, yeah, there's somebody to do this. Plus, being lazy. But well, then I that's thought, the main thing. serious, you know, it's, it's like I have this whole thing with my friends. When somebody lets you in traffic, give them a little wave. Same and idea. if somebody doesn't give me a wave, I'm like, Honest to God, would it kill you to just be a little bit courteous? That, and that's the whole point. Would you like a sticker? It's a sparkle sure. version. Oh, well. It's limited edition. Um, <laughs> and, and I'm like, there's not much we can do to change the world. But I'm can, not kidding. I feel like that. Don't throw your trash on the ground. Put your shopping cart back. It's so little. Let people in traffic. Oh, hold the door for people. Come when you're cold. Exactly. It, well, for kids, especially. Husband. Oh, yeah, the husband. Hey. All right. Oops, I dropped my magnet. Oh, what's that now? Oh, these are just magnets <laughs> that have more information. Like a little... If you don't Where return are you your car, put that. Well, if somebody doesn't doesn't return their car, we'll give them a little reminder. On their car? Yeah. Well, if, assuming that it sticks. So they to, pull out and you go, whack. Well, hopefully we get them before they pull out, but that's possible. Yes. Oh come on. But that way it alerts fellow drivers that hey, we got a lazy bones here, and they might just do anything. They might not let you in traffic. You got to be careful with <laughs> these people. You're hilarious. Well, oh, thank you. Conscientious though too. That's the first and foremost. <laughs> um, but yes. I do like the color of your hair. I think it's very a uh, nice chestnut. Is that, oh, see, in this light, it kind of has a little red. Oh, yeah, little butt. Well, well thanks. I guess that's the chestnut. Well, yeah, it's just the light on it. Well, okay. you're very what sweet. What are you doing here, babe? I'm glad, you're, I'm glad you redeemed yourself and have, have found the light. She is, she is the sweetest. I have performed. I see, it's possible. That's what we always tell people. They're like, ah, you can be better. You can always be better every day. The cartnarks. Is that a Kevlar vest? It is. It was donated by a police officer. This motherfucker's <laughs> wearing body armor. I missed that when I listened to this before. <laughs> Holy shit. He is Smart. wearing... Body armor. Good. He's got it covered. He's got it covered. I love I her comment. He, I wonder if he, he probably has a gun hidden somewhere. Hope Maybe. so. 
I hope Do you know so. where this is? Uh, you know, I think it's California, so probably not. But they're, they mm. do it all over. Like, he, meant, he mentioned Baton Rouge. I might be wrong about California. There's one of them. You know, there's like three or five different ones that they put the videos out. One of them has a super hilarious, like, Louisiana accent. And it's so fucking funny. I'm telling you, like, if you want to blow an hour on Twitter or Instagram, just go to Carton Arcs and watch as much as you can handle. It's so fun. <laughs> <laughs> I really loved her comment. Would it kill you to be kind? <laughs> you know, like, that's yeah. great. And also her other comment, you know, making the world a better place, do this, do that. And it's like, come when you're cold. It was just like such a classic mummy comment. It's like, shout out to all the mums out there. Well, she was doing a dig at her husband because he was being, <laughs> he was being like absent-minded. So she was fucking with him. Pick that, husband, kids, pick that yeah. one up. Yeah. Same, same. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, I, like, I, go ahead, Ash. Yeah. I was just going to say that I think that this does speak to something bigger because it is like living in a time that you remember even 10 years ago, 15 years ago. And of, and of course, people are not always courteous that amount of time, but it's like the amount of people who even have like basic manners, like a basic respect has it has changed. It's like, and I guess that's the whole like Yuri Bezmenov, you know, one generation is all it takes 20 years for everything to be different. But it's like, it's so bizarre that we're in this place where people don't have, I mean, like just run through red lights, like, like it, to in the extreme, like no, just no basic guidelines that they hold themselves to. It's weird. It's like being another, it's a parallel dimension. I think um, I could be wrong about this, but I seem to remember Yuri Besmanov also said, um, like he talked about the generational thing, which they consider, or, you know, statistically is sort of between 15 to 30 years. But he also talked about, I believe it was five years or something to undermine a, like a culture, a society um, with a certain amount of steps thought I'm think, pretty sure it was five years. Drizzle, maybe you know. Or not. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. My attention was elsewhere. I wasn't paying attention to what she said. Oh, that's okay. Yeah, yeah. I was okay. just talking about Yuri Bezmenov. Um, oh, no. It takes uh, it takes a couple generations uh, to, to completely disassociate uh, an entire nation of people from what their identity had previously been. It's going to take two to three generations because you basically have to retrain the people. Yeah. And the old ones to die off. So there's no memory yeah. of it. Yeah. It doesn't, it, it's not going to happen over the course of like five or 10 years. Uh, but over the course of five or 10 years, you can get a decent enough foothold to be able to carry out the rest of the operation. Yeah. That's what I was talking about. I'm pretty sure he said basically to sort of destabilize a society only takes about five years, but like, Oh yeah. yeah. And it, it may even be, may even be less than that. I was just watching mm. one of his clips and it might've even been three to five Stella. Yeah. I think it was. Yeah. Yeah. Three to five. It was extraordinary. I remember my jaw sort of dropping a little bit and it was extraordinarily small amount of time. Well, we've seen it happen, right? We have. We, we have. have. We've we've just seen, we are very destabilized. I mean, still a ways to go, but I don't think any of us have any illusion about, you know. Well, I mean, the UN said we're halfway there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. So. 
you know, I don't want to, I don't want to just stay on carton arcs all night, but this last video, this is why the guy has to wear body armor. This guy got like, gets basically violent. I mean, any thoughts before I hit play? Not Here we go. I don't know any architectures. Cart return right there. I'm just walking from a cart return. This cart return right there. Yet this is, let's double check, let's triple check, make sure we're double checking our, our work here. The middle of a spot. That way the car goes through. It's literally the middle of a spot. I just want to say I love how he's got the little flashlight with the cone thing on it, and he goes, "Wee woo, wee woo, wee wee wee." Listen, it's so disarming. Like, like I see brilliance in this method, you know? Yes, it's very silly. It's trolling, but it's so silly and disarming. At least it could be some people, maybe not so much, but. He does it yeah. very well. Yeah. All right. I'll play on. It's windy outside. Come on now. Let's keep All right. Let me get a. Sir, how would you like that car to blow into your car? That'd be terrible, right? That would suck, dude. So why'd you leave it out there? Because you're going to take care of for me because you're a nice guy. I'm the car dark, so I'm not shaming you. <laughs> Actually, I'm the cart narcs. I'm here to help. Get that shit off my fucking car right now before I get your fucking ass. First off, get away from my let's, let the, let's address this one thing at a time. Get the fuck away from me, you stupid fucker. Sir? Come here and I fuck you up. How's you, how are you going to do that, sir? I fucking car, you piece of shit. You might want to put on a bra before you try to beat me up. Come here. You fucking cracker motherfucker. <laughs> uh, that's, that's not a nice thing to say, sir. What did I tell you, stupid motherfucker? Get the fuck away from my car, you fucking idiot! What did I ask you politely? Get to the do? fuck away, sir! Get the fuck away before I fuck you up, you crackhead! You're not gonna do that, number one. You motherfucker, dude! Please take your car back, sir. Get the fuck away from me before I tell the cops. What are you gonna tell the cops? You're fucking harassing me, you stupid. I'm asking fucker. you politely, you smart Alec. Let's see if he falls for the fake out. Yeah, I'm sorry. You're gonna run me over, you stupid F. Was his voice cracking there at the end? All right. You get the picture. <laughs> oh, yeah. Beep, like I beep. said, these guys are not necessarily doing a terribly safe thing. No, and the only thing that worries me a little bit there is now that guy has got, he's all hot under the collar and he's going to be a real. You know, he's going to be driving aggressively, possibly putting other people's lives at risk because he's real pissed off at the wheel. Well, for the listener, you might have picked up on the fact that it was some kind of sports car. Look out for people who drive Corvettes. Not saying they're all bad, but I mean, there's something to be said. If you drive a Challengers car, and Chargers too, watch out for them. Chargers, yeah. Challengers. Especially silver Corvettes. Anything that yeah. says Hellcat. And anything yeah. in a blue Mustang. Well, if your car literally looks like a dick, um, you might be one. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, that guy was giving off major unhinged vibes, major unhinged vibes over uh, just nothing. And he was he would rather argue, like, get head, almost be back in your car, get back out of your car, go yell at the guy, get back in your car, get back out of your car, go yell at the guy. And it's like you could have this could have all just been. Just over away. if you just would have been <laughs> such a dickhead at the same time it's probably not just about that incident who knows what's happened in his day or life or oh, what have you sure. and also he's probably working his ass off to pay off that car so it's like don't you freaking touch well, my car what I, 
what I found interesting, he had a woman in the car. You can't hardly see her um, unless you're really looking because the windows are all tinted. But there's a woman in the car. I think he's just posturing. I think he's just trying to act like a big tough guy in front of some girl, you know? Yeah, and who knows how old she was. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, she didn't make a noise, didn't pop her head out, didn't say nothing. It was all him. But there was someone else in the car. If I were her, I'd, I'd probably find someone else to hang out with, you know? Shut up, Kamala. Just stay out of it. <laughs> but yeah, you know, the, the whole idea of like there are certain indicators, right? This is my point of who is a good person and who's a really, really shitty person. It's no coincidence that most of the people that he calls out are like pretty vicious and that a lot of the people who see him doing what he's doing are like cheering him on being like, hell yeah, brother, like you're doing, you're doing a good thing here. Um, it's just, again, yeah, it's an interesting social experiment, you know, and uh, the mask thing. I'm just at the point now where that's another fucking test for me. If I see you wear a mask, I'm not going to trust you. I mean, go figure you're hiding your face from me. Why should I trust you? Yeah, good point. And somebody who's living in fear is not going to be motivated altogether by the correct things all the time. So it's a it's a level of thinking. So fair point. Yeah. At the very least, it tells me that you have your head up your ass and you have no idea and you basically learn nothing from the past three years. Like how could you still be in a place mentally that you think that masking does anything at all. Like where, what is going on with you that you don't know by now that it was a sham. It's frustrating. Well, here's, here's the other thing too, that I think it's uh, as far as the masks go at this point, it's probably a likely indicator after almost four years now of the level of sociopathy that is inside of that person's psychology, right? Uh, it, it tells you a lot about how they process information. I think it tells us they're all communists. Same with the cart people. They're like, oh, it's because there's someone getting paid to do this, so I don't have to. I mean, it's kind of like this twisted logic of, you know, if I put my own cart up, I'm taking someone's job in this, like, in the system, right? But the Not thing like, is, so it's somebody's job because you don't take your cart back. <laughs> so where did, chicken true. or egg, you know? And and the and the mask thing, it's like, oh, I'm doing it for the greater good. Yeah, no, you're not. You just wanna, you just wanna look like you think that, you know? Yeah, I mean, at this point, pretty much every argument uh, toward you know the greater good, or it's built into the system, or uh, those kinds of, of uh, arguments, uh, again, is revealing of the, the, the psychology of the individual and the fact that they are revealing themselves as a person who is willing to outsource their agency, right? Like, and, you know, again, maybe it's not such a bad thing uh, that people are allowed to do this because it allows us to kind of take stock of whatever situation we may happen to find ourselves in very, very quickly. 
Fair enough. Yeah. It, information is useful. You know, they're situational announcing, awareness is everything, man. Yeah. They're announcing who they are by doing these things. And the only thing, well, I was just going to finish by saying that, you know, the wise adage of if someone tells you who and what they are, like, listen. Yeah. The only thing about this is it's, it's a little bit Karen-y. So even though it's sort of, it is funny, it's kind of hiding behind comedy, but when you sort of, it is this sort of a little bit of something creeping in that we're laughing at, so not really worrying about, but then all of a sudden you've got this social credit system thing where you're dobbing on each other all the time. You know, it's a little, I don't know. I'm not saying it is. I'm just saying it could be a precursor to that in some ways, but it's sort of disguised as humor. So I'm just saying. Yeah, know, this just... could definitely be taken by someone um, who's promoting the agenda to take it, run with it. Because, you know, they don't come up with anything of their own. They could totally use this as like a public shaming kind of thing. Yeah, and, and um, I, mean, I, I understand the the whole point of it, and they're they're trying to make light of a of of something trivial, seemingly trivial, but I think there's a there's a lot of implications to something like this. That you know, if you think about it, it's like, would I really want the store owners, or would I really want the government doing something like this? I mean, I know they're 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 saying they're it's it's volunteer and. And, and people are choosing to do this, you know, they're trying to be respectful and everything, but, you know, it wouldn't be a far stretch for, like, the the store owners, the people that own the store to implement something like this. Well, what they've got over here, and I don't know whether you guys have this or any kind of schemes that are similar in any of your states, um, but particularly Aldi. Have you heard of Aldi? Yeah, yeah the German, yep. Um, so they've got their carts here, they've got like a little token that you put onto your key ring. So you've got that there too? No. Okay, so use that seems to work. Use I've it, yeah. Yeah, you can use a $2 coin here or, or the token, so it's up to you. But um, So that's, you know, one way they get their carts returned. That seems to work quite well because since they implemented that, I've got to say, you see a lot less carts around the streets. Um and the other thing, <laughs> I actually got caught with this. It was kind of funny. It would have been funny to watch from a distance. Anyway, so I was at, in our little local shopping center, there's sort of like two blocks and you can sort of drive or walk between them. So one of them's got like one major shopping center and then there's sort of the opposites in the other block. And anyway, one day, long story short, I tried to take, so they're called Coles and Woolworths. They're like opposition, but you know. We all know they're not at the top. Anyway, I tried to we've take... Got, we've got those here too. Okay, yeah, yeah. So yeah. I tried to take a Woolworths trolley over to the Coles car park because that's where I'd parked and whatever, for whatever reason I was in the other place. And I had no idea at this point and I had like a really full trolley and it was heavy and I had to push it up like this sort of two-way ramp to get to the road to cross. And I had no idea... But there was this little mechanism thing in the trolley that when it goes past this eye, it, it seizes up. And I didn't even know that yeah. existed. <laughs> yeah, it's um it's a real problem for um for shopping carts getting stolen by like homeless folk. Yeah. And um so that's actually pretty common. It's not okay. it's not a it's not an optical like eye thing. It's actually a uh, a strip of like conductive wire in the pavement. It's like a dog pants, right? Yeah, exactly. And yeah. once it crosses a line on the pavement, it, it 
breaks it locks up yes know, to keep to keep the carts in the right place uh yeah <laughs> okay no, so I... basically what i did was i sort of you know pushed it like a walking pace and i mm. realized it was just kept locking up and i'm just going what's wrong with this bloody trolley so i went back and i took this really really heavy long running thing to try to get it past this locky thing which i didn't know existed i thought it was the trolley and of course it locked like full force ran with this full trolley and of course it locked up and just you know ended up tipping and the oh. top part everything fell out and i was just laughing Damn. my head off as well and then this guy came along and said oh yeah it's got this thing <laughs> it's like oh, yeah shit. yeah <laughs> felt like a real goose that day didn't i <laughs> i bet Oh, I would have been so pissed off if that happened to me. And I could see that (laughs) happening to me. (laughs) You know, speaking of indicators, though, I guess before I'm ready to move on from carton arcs, unless we have final thoughts. So I think this idea, though, of indicators and like why why people ignore clear indicators of frankly, destabilization, right? And this is such an apparent one. This is happening on both coasts in a lot of major cities. We've all heard about it. This is a really short video, but it gives you a clear idea of what's happening. The worst part about living in New York is having to ring these bells every time we want to get something at CVS. Because of me. That one. I have to do it again for the soap. The worst part about living in New York is having to ring these bells. Okay, so you get the picture, um, I guess, for the listeners. Basically, everything from toothpaste to soap to what have you is locked up. I mean, talk about, oh, well, we're creating jobs for people by making them come and unlock the most basic things at the shopping, you know, at the at the store, at the no, fucking that, pharmacy. that job's not going to be around long. Mm. That's going to be phased out in 24 months. I'm sorry, but if if people haven't figured out by now that New York is a really terrible place to live, I honestly don't know what it's going to take to convince them. If the, if, if the things that have been showing up around New York like this are have, have not rung a bell with them, then I don't know that there's anything you can say or do to the to people in New York to let them know that, hey, Probably don't want to live here anymore. I feel like they just want to get people out of New York. I mean, look at what's been going on. There's all the, I mean, I assume that's all because of the crime and the shoplifting that they've done that. Yeah. So I can see what's happening. I mean, as Drizzle said, that job is not going to last five seconds because Mm. soon it's going to be like either, either automated, but I very much doubt they'll go to that trouble because what they're really trying to do is get people out of the shops. It's too much hassle. Just shop online. Um, that kind of thing. Mm. And, you know, I, I don't know if you guys saw that. I don't want to shift the subject here, but saw that like the spraying that was allegedly going through New York, the pesticide spraying. I mean, who the heard about frick yeah. would want to stay? And I saw something written about it too. So I, I'm sort of not sure if it, I think it might have been real. But who would want to stay in a place like that? And, you know, the crime that's going on, it's like that's probably a lot of that's engineered, orchestrated, whatever, um, you know. Um, so I just feel like they're just trying to sh- vacate New York and they're probably going to, you know, build it back better or whatever in the meantime and then mm-hmm. get everyone to come back. I don't know. That's just what I think. Got to turn it into a 15 minute city, right? Yeah. yeah. 
And the other thing that I wanted to chime in on that um, is that I think, too, they want to start getting more of the um, like the self-checkout, but it will be like facial recognition and palm scanning and this like really invasive big brother surveillance shopping experience, which I think is part of the exactly what you are talking about, the build back better, the smart cities, the internet of bodies, all of that stuff. Um, you know, a matter of how they're going to be implementing what they're going to implement first. But I definitely think that it's all part of that. Like, surely people have to realize that this is being cultivated and allowed intentionally. Like, Otherwise, if they wanted it stopped, they would allow Walgreens in San Francisco to have an armed guard or something like that. Like at a point you're losing so much money in what do they call it? So they have some term in retail. Shrink. Yes. It's called shrink. Shrink. Yeah. yeah. So at a point you obviously are losing so much uh, to that. It becomes like, why would you even have the shop? Unless you were being paid on the back end by the Black Rocks, the Vanguards, the, you know, World Economic Forum, that group to stay in business. Otherwise, exactly. you have you would have no motivation to stay there. Exactly. And that's that's exactly what happened with all the uh, virtue signaling thing. You know, all those gay clothes and, and also the, you know, probably Balenciaga and all that stuff mm -hmm. where they're doing the following the narrative even though they know it's obviously going to hurt their business. But it doesn't yes. matter because they've been subsidized, as exactly as you said. Exactly. And I did want to say, too, that I saw a video. Uh, I wish I had had it pulled up. But it this was, I assumed, San Francisco. But they had the, the plastic locks up. And somebody just walked in. And they had a, just a handheld blowtorch. So they just <laughs> they just took what they wanted anyway. Yeah. I mean, there's a million ways around it, you know, and like, what are they going to do? Even if you're using a freaking power tool, nobody's going to stop you. You know, that's the that's where we're at. Yeah. And the employees, it's being made known in the public, you know, news. It's making mainstream news when employees are fired and punished for trying to, to stop shoplifters. So that is being told to people for a reason. Do not bother stopping these people or you are going to be on the line for your job. Yeah, but again, that's that's nothing new in the retail space in America. That's been going on since like the early 2010s. So the people that are working in those jobs, they're already conditioned to that behavior now. And what's the justification for that? Is it too because um, uh, legal? About, yeah, liability know, against the company if yeah. like something were to happen to them as a result of them trying to stop the shop. It's it's a whole yeah. bunch of just uh, mumbo jumbo, essentially. It's, it's yeah, basically do what we tell you to do, or, or we'll just fire you and get somebody that will. Yeah. They do try to convince the employees that it's because their life isn't worth the money being stolen, and uh, but it's it has more to do with liability. Anything. Well, it's interesting because I haven't really heard a whole lot of this happening in Australia. However, my, well, somebody I know very well um, just recently got a job in a local bottle shop. And I mean, this is a pretty small town, but things have, the dynamics have changed a lot since the floods last year. So socioeconomic 
categories have merged somewhat. Um, and he's, yeah, so he's just started working in the bottle shop and they're told that exact thing. If anybody comes in, takes stuff, whatever, do nothing. Um, so, yeah. So, I um, I'd, I thought I'd share Ando's com comment here. <laughs> he sent it a while ago, but I think it still applies. He says, yeah. this topic is white supremacy. <laughs> also, <laughs> we had a, we had a, what up from union of the unknowns. Is that Keel Thor? Probably. Yes, I believe Probably. it is our buddy Keel. Right on. Yeah, so I'm just going to finish this bit. Yeah, so yeah, yes, sorry. he was told, um, just to let it go, what have you. And he's only just started this job. I think he's only done about five or six shifts. And in that time, like they lost $1,200 in one of his four hour shifts because some of the um, locals, let's say, uh, just walk in, take it and walk out. Like, a, you know, put a couple of casts or whatever under their arm, walk out. Um, and they did it like four times. And they were girls. Was it reparations? I think that's what's happening here. Yeah. Yeah. Reparations, man. Hey, get what you uh, ask for, I guess. I don't know. Well, it, I mean, it just Honestly, what did people expect when, when you gaslight an entire group of people for 200 years? Yeah, and I think, I mean, I can't help thinking that they've probably been watching what's going on in America and thinking, oh, that works. Let's try it. And it works. So... I hate to think how much worse this is going to get, really. It's right. kind of scary when you see it dribbling into the – because I'm not in a city. I'm in a regional area. So it's like it's a bit freaky because we ain't got no arms, remember? <laughs> well, very few. Not on a street level, put it that way. I honestly don't know what would happen around here if somebody were to do something like that just walk in and just start helping themselves to stuff on the shelf and we would try to walk out. I honestly don't know what would happen. I wouldn't try it in Texas. <laughs> <laughs> well, there was a dude that tried to rob a fast food joint in Texas and uh, it didn't go so well for him. Oh, yeah, yeah. I think I saw that. Around this area, yeah. people just want to be left alone. They just want to, you know, go about their business and, and do whatever. And I've heard from people in the area that if they see somebody stealing... They're not going to try to stop them, even if they're customers at another store. Um, they're not going to try to stop them because, you know, price of everything is so damn high any, anymore that, you know, people are struggling to put food on the table. And so, um, but I guess it would depend on what it was that was being stolen. So we don't really have a lot of um, high dollar stores around here. So we don't really have like expensive merchandise. It's mostly just grocery stores and we got a few... Um, couple of sporting goods stores but i mean nothing that's really high dollar uh we got a couple of pawn shops that have stuff but no i don't think anybody's ever really tried to steal from them we did have one restaurant that had their um generator stolen in broad daylight they had a generac generator that mm -hmm. was taken from the back side of their building and they had they were trying it was a restaurant that they had remodeled into a it's a, a like a sports bar and grill and they were getting ready to open, do their grand opening, and somebody stole their generator, their backup generator. But I mean, it's nothing. It's nothing necessarily new, like opportunistic theft, right? This what's new is like the mobbing out style of it, where they just come in with like 20, 30, 40 people and steal everything. But yeah, no, and it's you know, so so brazen. 
Yeah, yeah. We I was on a crew. We actually I was just gonna say we we had a generator stolen in broad daylight on a crew that I was on when we were working in uh New Orleans. And uh the whole thing about New Orleans is like people are awful friendly until you turn your back, you know. I just think it's funny that they're trying to re rename it instead of calling it what it is, looting, they're calling it smash and grab. Right. But it's it's looting. That's that, that's what it is. It's rioting, it's looting. And they're trying to change the name of it, which gives me the impression that there's something else going on if they're trying to rename it. They they do that a lot, don't they? They just give something a new yeah. identity so it's something new. Well, and smash and grab is a particular type of uh, tactic. So it, that in and of itself is not necessarily new. I think I think what's new as far as what is being shown uh, in the news media is the um, kind of like the the random smash and grab where somebody's just going into a store, grabbing a whole bunch of stuff, and and walking out with it, right? Like looting is is something that more occurs with like large groups of people during like uh, times of unrest. It's a fine line, though. I mean, like I I saw a video today. I wish I had took the link down, but it was two guys with a pickup truck grabbing a whole lawnmower, like a riding lawnmower, a big one, and just wrestling the motherfucker up and into the bed of their truck as quick as they could with masks on. You know, and uh, they were pretty much, they were less than graceful. I'll put it that way. Like they kind of fucked up the lawnmower. Yeah, it's just petty thievery. Yeah, yeah. But it it does kind of have a scent of looting, right? I mean, especially when you got. I mean, we've we've been under a state of emergency for how many decades now? So. At least since 2001. Ando says, try that in a small town. And I tend to agree. Um, you know, somebody said something about a pawn shop. You know, they don't tend to get robbed. You know why? <laughs> you don't fuck with a pawn shop owner, dude. Like, they're like, they're like hardcore, man. I mean, they don't fuck around. Yeah, they're usually the most strapped. Oh, yeah. Big time. You know, the other thing Ando says, anarcho-tyranny, excuse me is a very effective destabilizer. And I tend to agree. I mean, I consider myself an anarchist, but that's, I think that's the point of like, it's, it's the worst of both worlds. It's, it's lawlessness, but with tyranny over top of it, which sounds counterintuitive, but it's what, it's what's going on. It, It is. And because it's selective tyranny, right? So if someone who were to try to uphold like a usual value, right? If like, you're not going to be allowed to rob my store or something like that, that person would get punished. And we've seen it happen. We've seen people, you know, or even in some of these major cities try to defend themselves against an actual violent attack. And that person is punished. So they're being used as an example, which is reinforcing the anarcho tyranny because it's selective so that's how they're they're making it work is that the the person who actually is in the right that most people would be like yeah you should have a right to defend yourself they're going after that person 
and not the people who are looting, not the people who are attacking people just walking down the street in New York City um, or what have you. So it's it's being done. I mean, I know we I know we know it's being done intentionally, but the way that it's being done is just so multi layered. Uh, it's it's really genius if you think about it. So That's because guys... they have a lot of think tanks working at it, and they have had for a long time the greatest mm -hmm. brains. It snuck up the the tyranny snuck up on a lot of us. Maybe not all of us, but a lot of us, and a lot of us are still ignorant to it. Right? It's like is bliss ignorance or is ignorance bliss? I guess it doesn't matter either way you slice it. Uh, but the only people that aren't like concerned about this shit are the ones that don't see it for some reason. Have you guys heard about this um, this ultra low emissions zones initiative? Uh, I believe this is in the UK, if I'm not mistaken, where people are now being fined oh, every yeah, time yeah. every time they take a car that's older than a certain age and is not electric. I guess I don't know. I don't know how it works exactly, but they're getting fined for having older vehicles. And this has always been a sticking point for me. Like with Obama's cash for clunkers thing, I'm like, this doesn't make sense. Okay. It takes way more resources to build a new car than it does to keep and maintain an old one. I don't give a fuck how much gas it burns. I'm talking the greater, you know, the bigger picture far as pollution you know i'm not i'm not oblivious to the fact that there are in fact polluters in our in our world and usually manufacturing is one of the worst you know behind like military right yeah and What's, not only i'm sorry I, I was just gonna finish by saying it's like the number one and two polluters i believe and i'm not sure which is first china and the u.s military Oh, the U.S. military is by far the worst polluter on this planet, and it's mm. not even close. Mm. Mm. Yeah. And China would be probably the next one. Uh, I mean, they're building more coal-fired power stations as we speak at the rate of knots they have been for the last, especially a couple of years. But nobody seems to mention that. Um, but the thing about the cars thing is, like, uh, it's not only are you taking probably quite good vehicles off the road they're therefore wasting wasting the rest of their life wasting all that manufacturing that went into them in the first place and then what are you going to do with those cars um so you have to destroy them somehow or whatever that's going to take more energy so there's that um yeah that's basically it I, I think and we all i mean we all know about the whole green energy thing the batteries and everything it's just all a bunch of poppycock absolutely ridiculous but and more trees are... are being destroyed more forests are being destroyed to put up the wind turbines and you know yeah. it does, none of it makes any sense it's all about money we know that we're starting to see the effect of the disposal of old wind turbines mm -hmm. just the amount of space they take up like they're basically giant fiberglass structures yep. if i'm not mistaken they vary okay sure but yeah they like they can't really be recycled Either which way, I guess. Um, you know, so on on this ultra low emissions thing, I was trying to figure out where I've seen this woman before. 
I couldn't Katie find Hopkins. her. Is that who it is? Katie Hopkins. Yeah, she's a UK lady. Okay, she's Comedian. funny. Yep. She's funny. She got uh, thrown out of Australia, I believe. <laughs> really? Yeah. That should be a badge of honor, right? Mm. Perhaps. <laughs> that was about 2021, 20 or 2021, one of the two. But she was, you know, onto yeah. it. It actually took me a minute to realize she was being facetious here. I guess I'm spoiling it for you, but this is pretty funny. You know what these disgusting people are doing? It's vandalism. That's what it is. Vandalism. They are getting filling foam from places like Tool Station 669. And they are vandalizing the cameras that the mayor of London is trying to put up in order to police the ULEZ zone, the ultra low emission zone that he's planning to expand to, well, pretty much anywhere near the back arse end of London and beyond. People are vandalizing his cameras. Certain places, every single camera that's been put up has been sprayed with this filling foam, 669 tool station. And I think it's abhorrent. You know, just because, just because you think you've got the freedom to drive your car, it's probably a diesel or a petrol car. I mean, you probably think that's okay. Not like me, because I drive a Tesla. Just because you think you want to have the freedom to drive your car and you don't want to pay £25 a day to do your job as a cleaner or maybe work for the NHS. And just because maybe you disagree with the Muslim mayor of London, who's only four foot two and used to be a lawyer for Islamist terrorists, that does not give you the right to vandalise these cameras using filling foam from Tool Station at 669. It's despicable. <laughs> you people need to be a lot more compliant. Go and hoist your NHS flag. Go and hoist your Ukraine flag. Make yourself smaller. Eat bugs. Do not drive your car. Be tiny. Do not fight for freedoms. Fight to be, fight to be more compliant and smaller and more bitter. Be in the dark. Be smaller. Stuck on a bug's ass. And stop spoiling these cameras by getting filling from people like two stations. Other retailers are available. 669. Terrible. She cracks me up, dude. Be tiny. Brilliant. Be small. Be small. I will be tiny. I will say, as that video, the first time I watched it, I realized, depending on when she put this out, I think this was fairly recent, but she actually... Mm, I've had it for about six months, I think. Yeah, Maybe a little bit longer. Well, yeah. Okay, okay, fair enough. Um, I think she stole this this joke from Wrangler Star. Do you guys know who Wrangler Star is? Mm -mm. Oh, he's, he's fucking awesome, okay? He is one of us... He, he was a firefighter, like a wildland fire, firefighter for a long time. Uh, but he Meow. is. Yeah, Stella Likey. <laughs> he is he a is, handsome fella. He's cool as shit, okay? Check this out. There is a disturbing trend that has gotten traction in our cities. People are actually going to Home Depot, buying spray foam for $4.38 and filling up parking meters. Now, this is absolutely. <laughs> Why anyone would go to Home Depot and buy spray foam for four dollars and thirty eight? Yeah, this guy's good. Is beyond me. Master plans. All right, I guess that was it. I thought it was a longer video than that, but he cracks. He does me up. a lot of those. You know, he actually kind of scrubbed, it seems, or somebody scrubbed a lot of his um, more, let's say, spicy videos. A lot of what he shows is like how to take care of an axe head, how to sharpen a chainsaw this that and the other he calls himself a professional homeowner which i think <laughs> is kind of cool i think it's kind of cool and his videos are cool 
his whole style is cool. Like maybe I've got a man crush. I, you know, I can't blame you there. <laughs> I don't blame you either, Mike. <laughs> no, he's a badass. And I'm like, I'm like, in this world we're heading towards, these are the type of skills people need to know. I, I'm, I'm talking more about the axe head than the filling foam. But then again, you know, for four ninety five at Home Depot, that's you know, that's a lot of that's a lot of something. <laughs> that's a whole lot of something. Yeah. They what call it that? great so... stuff. They call it great stuff in America. That's the brand. And I'll say, I'll say it, it seems to be. Is that the stuff that you put into your tire when you got a flat and you can sort of a different stuff? Okay. No, it, it's insulation. Right. So okay. like, another stuff. Yeah. 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 So like when you have little cracks um, between joists and stuff, that's hard to put traditional like rollout insulation into, you use this foam gaps. Um, anywho. Yeah. But it's, it's got many, many purposes or uses we'll say. And I just got another one. <laughs> yeah. And one thing that I was thinking about, especially the lady in the UK, <clears throat> I, I honestly think it's pretty brave to put something like that out there because they are really cranking up trying to go after people for what they say online. Um, so I feel like I would be a little nervous if I was her, you know, and I hate the word there. Like, obviously she was, she was kind of joking. Um, nothing about it implicated her in a crime or anything like that. But how long until people get to the point where they're like uh, tattling on this woman because, you know, because she's against the, um, the agenda or something. It reminds me of V for Vendetta. Also, I think, I think Ando's admitting that he has a man crush on Wrangler Star as well. So I'm not alone there. <laughs> I wonder if that man's and also a solidarity. I wonder if he's also a professional reproduction agent. <laughs> Maybe in the world to come. Maybe in the world to come. You know? No no pun intended, but it's a pretty good pun. It it is. Um, what you're talking about, actually, there, I mean, like at the moment with the whole Russell Brand distraction, et cetera, I mean, the whole on the UK online safety bill is just about to be passed as law. So that's sort of where the heads are being turned from. I think it was just passed. It like was just the last 24 okay. hours. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. You're probably and right about that. Shout out to UK JJ on that because he actually tagged us in this on twitter and said he said by the dates on that tweet it arose about the same day as brand business simultaneously the uk parliament granted itself draconian powers to gel homeowners to refuse to obey any net zero diktat oh wow i believe it was just waiting for the crown knob last time i mean <laughs> the crown knob sorry the crown nod uh, <laughs> I, I thought you were I just talking that. about the approval of uh, of Chucky Sausage Fingers. Uh -huh. that's a, that is exactly Not what I'm talking about. I don't know why I said knob. Um, <laughs> it's I think that's where it's at. It's been passed, and now it's just waiting for the Crown approval, unless that has happened in the last 24 hours. I suddenly have a craving for hot dogs. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Ashley. Anytime. <laughs> Yes, you are correct, Stella. I'm actually looking at it right now. All right. Looks like it just went through the House of Lords. 
I mean, yeah. like, yeah, like it's not going to get approved and, or he's going to be like, oh, no, no, change this <laughs> right here. <laughs> oh, no, I've suddenly decided to go against the narrative. Yeah. Uh, she's home and hosed. So, Stella, what can you tell us about this vote going down? I know we talked about it a little bit last week, but uh, the indigenous representation amendment to the constitution of australia am i getting that right pretty much it's um yeah. we've got a vote coming up on the october the 14th which is to alter the constitution it's a pretty big deal so this is called a referendum um yeah it's a pretty big deal and there's a lot of major bullshit going on about it uh, most of it coming straight out of the prime minister's mouth <laughs> um so, yes, it's a very, very deceptive thing because on the surface of it, it sounds awesome to the average Joe, we call them. Um, but really, it's quite nefarious in its roots. And uh, there's a lot of very obvious misleading and propaganda going on about it. But uh, it has woken a lot of people up and it has definitely divided the nation. But that's sad in itself. Um, it's also part of what it's all about. And I think it's gone even beyond, it's gone to beyond ridiculous now. So I think there's also the additional agenda of a big distraction as well, similar to what just happened in the UK. And also the trilateral agreement that Drew has mentioned before between the UN, the WEF and the WHO, the WHO, of speeding up the Agenda 2030 nonsense. So there's that. Um, so, yeah, it's um, multi-layered, multifaceted, as everything is. Ando claims he has no man crushes. I don't buy it. No, I don't buy that. <laughs> <laughs> but so it's been I've made got, public. I've, well, I was going to say, I've got this clip of a guy kind of explaining what you're referring to, like the more nefarious purposes of this bill. And I thought he did a pretty good job explaining. I, I mean, I guess I don't know. I, I, I don't know the ins and outs of this thing. but I could, uh, I could tell you a bit more, but I don't want to bore you. That's all. So if you want to just ask. Well, we'll see. Know. Maybe you can like fill in the gaps or um, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, tell okay. us what, what he's getting right, perhaps. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what you have to say after. All right. So I said, bring up the constitutional amendment. And it says as follows, recognition of Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples. Uh, schedule one, alteration of the constitution, table of contents, I don't need to go into that. Um, but under, under, the, uh, under the section 129, the addition or the, uh, the constitutional alteration, it says as follows, word for word, I'm not misinterpreting it. I'm not taking it out of context. This is exactly from the federal government, the Commonwealth government, whatever you want to call it. In recognition of Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples as the first peoples of Australia. Fuck off, you commie. <laughs> um, in recognition of Australia. Sorry, apologize for that, guys. I let my tongue get the best of me. Sometimes these things happen. But, um, you know, you try to keep it cordial. But if someone's yelling out obscenities and calling you racist, I feel, uh, you know, you have the automatic authority to spout something back. I don't know who this guy is, but I fucking like him. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> this is called Average Joe, I think. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Is that what he... Uh, 
average Joe. No, no, I, that, I'm just saying just this is like your, your typical general Aussie. <laughs> really. I actually think I actually think he goes by Fozzie. F-O-Z-Z-I-E. Fozzie. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I haven't go. heard of him, but good on him. Yeah, yeah. It looks like quite a few people are out here marching, right? I mean, they got drums. They got – this is a full-blown protest, which I don't think the Australian authorities tend to enjoy, do they? This, no. This is very recent, is it? I believe so. Maybe in the last day or two. Okay. Maybe I can find out here if this is the real September guy. 24th. So that was yesterday. That was, well, yeah, today. To here. me. Yep. Yeah. So I this, where was, this was. Yeah. Is this Melbourne? Hmm. I, I couldn't say. It doesn't say in the. Oh, yeah. Snippet from yesterday's Melbourne. Melbourne, okay, cool. Melbourne Vote No 23 rally. Good stuff. Um. <clears throat> In recognition of Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples, as the first peoples of Australia, there shall be a body to be called the Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander Voice. The Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander Voice may make representations to the Parliament and the Executive Government of the Commonwealth on matters relating to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples. Uh, and this is where it gets dicey. This is where a lot of people have great concern for this thing, as it says, and I quote, Hang on, can we just stop it there? Subject to this constitution Sorry, Mike. Um, just take it back a couple of seconds, but I just wanted to point out, because I'm following, I've got this written out right in front of me, actually. I'm following him as he's reading it. And funnily enough, I was just, see, I was just reading, sort of reminding myself of this this morning, and um, what he's reading out now, I, I have got like circled in red, right, mm. by row, round and round mm. and round of what he's exactly about to read out. So it's interesting that he points it out because I mean, I, I, you know, I mean, I've looked into it to a point, but um, I don't really look into what other people are saying that much. Um, I, don't, I mean, I didn't even know really this was going on. If I still lived in Sydney, I probably would have been at the Sydney one. But um, so, yes, just take note of what he's about to read out here. Sorry mm -hmm. to interrupt. No, that's good. That's good context because... I don't know, legalese, right? When you read like a bill, it's intentionally vague and obscure. Mm -hmm. And to, to really get to the heart of the matter, if you don't like speak legalese can be kind of tricky. Absolutely. So that is interesting that you, um, your hackles went up at the exact same paragraph. Right. Yes, and also sort of he was just sort of starting to it was starting to go blah blah blah. I mean, even I've started to fade out there, so I just it's yeah. worth yeah, sort yeah, of just yeah. going. Okay, now listen to this bit. <laughs> a lot of people have great concern for this thing, as it says, and I quote: "The Parliament shall, subject to this Constitution, have power to make laws with respect to matters relating to the Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander voice, including its composition, functions, powers, and procedures." Now, anyone with half a brain can read that. And take that as oh i'm just giving more authority to the government but you know the yes campaign are painting it out like it's a racial a racial indifference thing when it's not at its root core it's just about giving more power to the government and it's either you either give more power to the government or you don't if you want to if you want to live under some sort of you know quasi socialist communist regime that's completely fine but i'm not particularly for it so yeah Okay, so Stella, can you maybe give us your interpretation? Because even still, I'm like, what does this mean? Okay, so what he's basically saying there, and I'll read it out again. Number three of this particular section is the this is what they propose will be the change to the constitution if the yes vote goes through. Okay, so this is the 
proposition. So number three of this section is the Parliament shall, subject to this constitution, have power to make laws, make laws, with respect to matters relating to the Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander voice, including its composition, its functions, its powers, and its procedures. Okay, so it it is all up to the government still. Like the if the Aboriginals are there and they're you know, they they could be yelling at the top of their voices, but really it comes down to what the government say is going to happen. So again, it says the power, including the composition, function, powers and procedures of the Torres Strait Islander and Aboriginal voice. So how much power are they going to have if they get through? They already have quite a lot of power in Parliament anyway. It's not like the Parliament has got no Indigenous people in there. There's stacks. Um, there's lots of things. There's lots of money going into <laughs> Indigenous communities and, well, projects, let's, let's say. I don't know how much of it is actually going to the right places. but So it's not like they have no voice already. This is the thing. Um, so it's giving a, um, what, like power a, grab. it's. I mean, is this like a, what do you call it? Power grab. Well, I'm trying to think, like, um, is this license for Aboriginal representatives to do anything i'm i'm still confused because i almost hear it as the opposite in the way the law is written that it's giving the government power over the aboriginals unless i'm mishearing something yes the the, the indigenous are sort of in the way a little bit of going forward with the agenda in mm. the sense that they have sovereignty because they're not kind of absorbed into the constitution under the crown so with that with with this their brings them into the fold yeah, it's, it's, it's very similar. Control. Yeah, it's just very similar to what's going on in other countries as well with with their own indigenous. But yeah, it's they're really in the way, so they need to sort of have them under the wing of the constitution, so that the government can have the ultimate power over all indigenous. Right, um, and all I, the lands. I think I think a good uh, example to use here uh, that is probably very fresh in everyone's memory at the moment would be Hawaii. Yes. Yeah, that's a, that's a very good concentrated example. Um, but already there's, you know, I mean, there are some Indigenous committees, etc., that already have a lot of power and they're, they're being given lots of land rights already. Um, there was a bit of a litmus test just run in Western Australia with new laws that could be passed and how hard it would make it for just pe like farmers just to go out and do their everyday farming that they've done for generations. But all of a sudden, even just to dig a bloody hole to put a fence post in, any any deeper than 20 centimetres, they would have to get an Indigenous consultant to come in at $160 per hour to say, uh, okay, um, let me just check that there's no artifacts or song lines being broken or what have you. Okay, you can dig that hole. And then he'd also have to approve every other fence post hole in that fence, for instance. Now, I mean, farmers are constantly doing things like planting trees, making dams, digging holes, blah, blah. Um, if they if they wanted to move, I think it was 20 kilograms, which I don't know how many pound that is, sorry. But it's not much, like it's, a, it's not much like of pounds. soil. They'd have to get, pardon? Like 10 pounds. Okay. They'd have to get consultant permission to move that much soil 
from one spot to another. It's just insane. So, like, there was a massive petition and it kind of died in the ass, got reversed, but it was a litmus test, yeah, and it's just created so much chaos, division, and also business problems. You know, far be it from you to, like, uh, be able to grow some food and dig a hole in your yard, you know? That's, that's fucking upsetting. I don't like that at all. Yeah. Well, the Western Australian farmers, they basically supply around about a third of Australia's food. Mm. Um, so it was an interesting litmus test. But, um, and, you know, land down in Victoria has been, there's a whole, uh, so half the size of Tasmania has been handed over to certain councils. Councils have handed over land to the Indigenous already, just recently. Um, so it's not like they don't have any power or anything, but... Um, uh, a lot of the, the Indigenous, I hate saying this, but it's true, unfortunately, a lot of the Indigenous at the top that are the yes-men standing behind the Prime Ministers and the Premiers, which are like, yeah, like the head of the states, as they do their interviews and, you know, you've got the yes-men in the background or nodding their heads, you know, giving visual support. A lot of them, like, they're Indigenous, but they're paid off, you know. Um, they've got commie in the background. Um, same with the Prime Minister. He's got commie history. Um some of the um, representatives as well are just—they're just outrightly not really indigenous. They've got all these other—I mean, there's this one guy, Thomas Mayo, but he changed his name from Mayor, M-A-Y-O-R. He cut the R off to make it sound more indigenous to Mayo, for instance. So there's so there's all that sort of level of deception going on, and it hasn't just been now; it's been going on since you know 60s, 70s with indigenous. Um, you know, people that aren't really indigenous or they're just, you know, taking advantage and doing the wrong thing and making lots and lots of money. Mm -hmm. So, you know. Yeah. And I wanted to cut in here. I obviously don't know. I have followed this story because of Stella and Drew's podcast that they've done on The Voice. Um, so I know very little about it. However, one thing that I have picked up on, I've talked to Stella about this, that, and she just talked about it, but is the fact that the people who, well, first of all, Stella and Drew said in their podcast that a lot of people can, you. it's easy to say that you're indigenous without having to prove it. So that's the first thing. And the second thing is, even if these people were full, fully vetted, let's say, of their, their heritage and their lineage, we see how easy it is to start corrupting members of a group, right? We're seeing it with governments all over the world where you get these, you know, the door is open by these people with connections to World Economic Forum, Trilateral Commission, on and on and on, right? So why would we think that that couldn't be done to any organization, whether they're indigenous or not, or here, you know, in the States, Native American? Um, you know, it's very, it's, it, it, People's inability to see that is very frustrating to me. Yeah, I kind of wish Drew was here because he knows a lot more about this, what I'm about to talk about, than I do. But um, there's this thing called UNDRIP, which is, it's an acronym and it stands for the, the UN, the United Nations Declaration on the Rights of Indigenous Peoples. And that was, Australia endorsed the UN, the UNDRIP in 2009. So this is all part of... Um, yeah, a really ongoing United Nations thingamajig, <laughs> let's say. Um, so, yeah, it's not sort of something that's just come up. This has been going on for a long time, and it's a lot higher than just Australia. 
Um, but yeah, maybe maybe sometime Drew can sort of fill us in on that a little bit more because I mean I, I know a bit about it, but I don't know enough to really go into too much detail. It's uh, <laughs> not stuff that I really naturally take to. I make myself read these things. I'd rather listen to Led Zeppelin personally. <laughs> but Do you, you mean ha- that? Oh, sorry, Drez, go ahead. Well, I was just going to ask a question that Stella may not know the answer to. Uh, do you know if that happens to be part of the the Declaration of Human Rights? I believe it is. Let me just read this thing. There's, I've, I've got this thing saying that the impl- implementing UNDRIP, so this is the Australian Human Rights Commission that I'm about to read from, uh, from t- 2021, and, and the heading is implement, Implementing UNDRIP. And the recommendation that they're making is government develop a national program to implement UNDRIP and schedule it to the definition of human rights in the Human Rights, in brackets, Parliamentary Scrutiny Act 2011. Does that answer your question? Mm, I think so. (laughs) Yeah, I know. That's how I sort of feel about some of this. It's a little bit, I've still got to learn more about it and try to I, I don't speak the language very well all this legal blah blah it's so boring legally <laughs> it's intentional it's intentionally yeah, yeah, it distracting is. it's too yeah. it's oh man it pisses me off distracting like, and boring and then there's, there's also definitions of some words that they put into forms which mm-hmm. actually mean something different to everyday language so mm-hmm. there's that too so my my issue with all of this crap is like reverse racism is still racism, right? Like giving special rights to certain people based on heritage is yes. such such a dangerous game to play. I mean, I'm sitting with my family down there in Florida at one point, and somebody mentions how so-and-so's kids got to go to college for free because they are like some fraction Potawatomi. And I've met these people and they look fucking white to me. Yep. And I, I couldn't help myself. You know, it was mentioned so nonchalantly like, oh, yeah, like Uncle Keith sent his kids to college for free. And I go, you know, because of X, Y, Z. And I just go, ha. And everybody kind of looked at me and I go, I should have filled out every standardized test as Native American. I could have saved dad a whole shitload of money. Mm. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, I read a statistic just recently, and I, I don't know if this is Australia-wide or just in a state, I'm really not sure, but out of 800,000 in so-called Indigenous that are on the system, um, it's estimated that 300,000 of them aren't actually Indigenous. I mean, I've heard of whole communities, like whole communities that are all on the system, and they don't, they're not really Indigenous at all. Um, are you telling me that people are lying yeah can you imagine that that's exactly what it's about mike is about division creating division that's Mm -hmm. not there in the first place that is exactly what they want to do and fortunately i've seen a lot of talk of people awake to that so they're trying to including a lot of the i mean stacks of the indigenous people mebengari mebengari who is somebody from lismore here is doing an incredible amount of work for the no vote because it is so deceptive. This is the thing. The way it's being, the way the Australian people are being brainwashed, for instance, the Uluru Statement of the Heart. This is something that was co signed by a bunch of people, um, tribes, etc. 
Anyway, I'll just stick to the main thing. This is a 26-page document which is being pushed by the Prime Minister at the moment of, you know, all towards voting yes, voting yes, you know, do the right thing by the Aboriginals, you know, give them a voice that they've never had and all this, you know, propaganda for the heart sort of thing. He's just saying it's a one-page A4 document, but it's actually a 26-page document and he is outrightly lying to the public saying, oh, no, 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 it's just a one-page thing. He hasn't even read it, he said. It's absolutely insane. Um, so that's why I say it's just getting beyond ridiculous now because it's it's so obviously lies and cover-ups. Um, I mean, if you can't see it by now, there's something wrong. But anyway, it's it's the referendum that's going ahead is going to cost, or oh, the last figure I heard was about $300 million. And, like, it's well known already that it's going to be a, a no. It's It's an outright no so far. People are sick of being lied to and they don't know what's going on. And half the things that are being voted in, he, the Prime Minister himself is saying, oh, just vote it in, we'll work out the details later. I mean, it is written. It's, it's written that, you know, basically that, we'll work out the details later. I mean, who the hell is going to change the constitution of a country and work out the details later? Don't, don't worry all, about it, Stella. Just, yeah, just vote yes just, on the bill and we'll read it after Stella. the vote's done. Just yeah, alleviate the, the conscience. Check. Just write the it, blank check, it, it's fine. Exactly. And that was the other thing that I was going to say is that uh, alleviate the conscience, right? Because what they work on doing and Stella was talking about the division that they have been sowing intentionally, we know that, but it's like, it's like activating, a, 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 I want to say it's like activating like a, a mind control candidate right because what you do is you lay the groundwork and this is happening in in everywhere but you get people to tune out reason questions facts and then it's like is if, if they can call you a racist like as soon as that word comes up like oh you're a racist if it can be associated with you being a racist in any way it gives them the freedom to not question it at all and just go along with the narrative and so like to take everything that you have said all your good points all your work all your research and not pay any attention to it whatsoever it's like people have been set up for that. Like if they can just dismiss you because of you've been associated with being a racist just by asking questions, just by wanting the truth, just by researching, then they it's like a trigger for them that they can just dismiss you and think that you don't care about the indigenous people. And it's not that at all. Yeah, it's called guilt politics. This is what they're doing and it's how propaganda works. They, they're hiding behind anything they can and that in this case the indigenous so they're making everyone feel guilty if they say no because the way it's been worded is if you say no that means you don't want them to have a voice doesn't it it's like no actually that's not what it means it means we've seen through your bullshit and we know that um it's actually like a land grab and you know more power to the government and giving the nod to the un and all these nefarious people at the top to come in and just screw with australia even more than they already have but we'll be completely screwed yeah. if this goes through. I don't think it will. The last referendum attempt didn't. I think it was 1997. So Ando just sent this string of letters that I said, I, don't, I think he sat on his phone in my head. But, <laughs> Are you sure he's but, not drunk? <laughs> <laughs> but he says that's the German word for collective guilt. 
Right. Um, okay. It, and it's another effective destabilization tactic. Yes. Now I've got exactly. I've got a another um, collective guilt example here. If we're prepared to move into a separate topic that I find uh, related. Yeah. Sure. Okay. This is as what <laughs> as what I'm going to start referring to him. This is Neil DeGayas Tyson. Okay. <laughs> The chromosomes are insufficient because when we wake up in the morning, we exaggerate whatever feature we want to portray the gender of our choice. Suppose no matter my chromosomes today, I feel 80% female, 20% male. I'm going to, I'm going to put on makeup. I'm going to do that. Um, tomorrow I might feel 80% male. I'll remove the makeup and I'll wear a muscle shirt. Why do you care? Yeah. What 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 business it is it of yours to require that I fulfill your inability to think of gender on a spectrum? My only point was that if who you decide is male and female in the street is a construct of 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 style and trends and what the beauty industrial complex wants you to see if that's how we establish gender then maybe some people want to be fluid within that gender identify so they'll they'll wear a skirt but maybe have a beard or they'll I, mix and match that in whatever way Neil, you want sorry, hold on, sorry. Hold on. i'm not wait wait i'm almost done i'm almost done so okay if a person using the tools of the beauty industrial complex wants to mix and match this yeah and they are expressing their freedom in a free country to do so mm. Why is your job to tell them not to? Okay. That's my only go. point. And so That's... I, I'm speaking of gender expression. Okay. I got to pause just because it, it's so irritating. Okay. Uh, like, he always is. He's so irritating. He's so. He's condescending. Yes, he's he is. He's condescending. And it's the guilt thing. It's like, if you're too stupid to get this, then fuck you. And to be honest, I've used that tactic myself at times on social media and whatnot, being like, do you all not see what is going on? Like, if, if you're too stupid, fuck you. It's not my, it's not my favorite mode. I'm trying to stop doing that because it's, it's condescending. The problem is he's wrong, and I'm right. <laughs> Yeah. The problem is Neil deGrasse Tyson is equating what someone's outer appearance looks like with um, infringing on other people's um, he, he's acting like people aren't allowed to mix and match fashion. That's mm -hmm. never been the question. If people want to go and, and, and wear whatever they want or as little as they want that's that's their business nobody has a problem with that what people have a problem with is grown men with intact genitalia going into a woman's bathroom yeah, where yeah. little girls are present mm -hmm. and they that's they go I, there they go i have there. a question yeah <clears throat> does uh mr degrasse tyson i believe that's how you say it right De degayas 
the gay ass Tyson. Uh, does he have a doctorate in gender studies? Uh, I thought he was some kind of astrophysicist or something. Like, That's what, what the... I thought too. So Today, I guess my ultimate question. Well, yeah, maybe, maybe, but kind of that's my question is what qualifies him as an expert on the subject like why the fuck are we even listening to him on this subject i you know i almost didn't want to play this clip because it's so irritating but it it does illustrate the mental gymnastics that a lot of people are going through right now to try to justify this weird shit i'm i'm gonna guess that he probably doesn't really know what a woman is <laughs> what meaning he has a lack of experience or yeah oh everything yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah well clearly he he feels very passionate about being free to express his gender any which way uh i i give it six months before we see him in a dress um, <laughs> exactly which i'm fine with i'm fine with like these two guys i i don't know what their show's all about but they actually seem pretty reasonable and Is they're kind of like trigonometry I've trigonometry once before yeah. yeah okay is it a good show as far as you know i i have uh, no idea i've never watched it i've only heard of it i've heard mm -hmm. people say good things about it i've heard people say bad things about it sure. you know i i have, like i honestly can't give you an answer fair enough fair enough like i said they seem reasonable enough like they're making valid points um it's kind of a long video, y'all. We'll break it up again, uh, y'all, probably multiple times. I hate to, I hate to do this to us, but I think this is kind of important. And the yeah. freedom to do so, and, and, and I if, you, tell if, you why if, it's a, if you want to restrict that, then what country wants, are you on, reliving hold in? On. Yeah, hold go on. ahead. So first of all, I don't know a single person, uh, and I've talked, we've talked to trans people on the show. We have trans employees at Trigonometry. Uh, we. We've spoken to all sorts of people about this issue. I do not know a single person who wants to prevent people from dressing how they want or behaving how they want or choosing any name that they want. However, well, the wait, problem okay. is... So, so you don't... But you know such people are out there. You I'm sure them. such people exist in the same way that there are people who you believe that okay. the earth is flat and so on. But yeah, they're okay. a tiny minority. So they exist. It is I don't not know how tiny they are, given the dialogue today. <laughs> Fair but go point. on. Fair point. However, what I would say is that the conversation in the public consciousness has become prominent not between people who want to defend the right of anyone to dress how they want and the people who want to prevent that. The reason the conversation has become an issue is that we assign and allow certain privileges to people based on their sex. If you are female, you get to go to places that only other females are in, like changing rooms and toilets and so on. If you are female, you get to compete only with people of your sex because females are at, at a disadvantage in physical competition to males in almost every sport. In other words, we carve out certain areas where your sex matters tremendously, even though we may respect your right everywhere else to believe that you are whatever you are, to dress however you are, etc. So your claim that today you woke up and put lipstick on and uh, grew your hair out long and tweezed out your mustache and whatever, and therefore you are female, has an impact on other people in certain contexts in which that is a problem. You and gave only two contexts. Do you have others? Sorry, I wasn't finished. And in, 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 in those contexts, it is essential, people would argue, to protect women from unfair competition and from various risks for which 
female-only spaces already exist. That's why people are having this conversation. Okay. It's not out of bigotry. But you have more than those two examples, and I'll address each of those in turn. But you have more than those two. Probably not. Okay. So, uh, so sports, let me address those two examples directly. Drumming, I'll address them. Sports is very important. I, I, you said that. Female-only spaces. I remembered. So, yeah. um, so, but you don't seem to have a third example. So, fuck this fucker, man. That's a straw man argument. It doesn't matter how many examples are. He's talking are about very. Yeah. He's talking about two very valid examples. Mm -hmm. And yes, there are probably more. But why would you want to sit there and hash out every single example in excruciating detail? It's not necessary to the to the debate. It's not it's just and being a being, condescending very, dickhead. He's yeah. being very unreasonable. Well, it's it's a fallacious argument, and I don't. I, you know, I haven't studied like the art of of discourse much but i know a fallacious argument when i hear one it's saying like oh you know is that all you got yeah before you even address you know and he, he cuts him off he's like oh that's all you got sports and, and bathrooms well i mean they have those a couple more they have a couple more too it's just it is condescending to be like oh is that fucking it like and i'll address those in turn but is that all is that all just those two like, okay, fuck you if it is, man. Yeah. Also, I find it ironic that he's um, kind of basing his argument on on freedom. You know, and he's got the American Feeling. flag. He's got the American flag behind him. And, and he, it's like, do you not remember 2020, 2021? You fucking asshole. You weren't talking freedom back then. Suck my sure. dick. You yeah, know? He's, he's, willing to argue, he's willing to argue logic using feelings which is completely wrong and upside down you don't you don't argue logic with feelings i feel like i'm a woman today i feel like i'm a guy today that's not logical and if you're gonna have a, a debate about something you have to be logical about it he's a moron stella says in the comments yeah suck mike's dick neil <laughs> <laughs> you you the gay ass no fucking asshole i'm pretty sure i'm pretty sure i would decline good <laughs> yeah i would i would think so should we go on i know this is painful y'all but it's just astonishing it's definitely a big old what the fuck like i honestly his position doesn't surprise me but his his debating tactics do given mm -hmm. his background in science and uh, evidence and proof and he's arguing feeling he was arguing trust the science back a couple years ago yeah. you know and, i mean what kind of feeling and, and emotions and, and how you and, and just what you want to be and nothing to do with logic or science or anything you know what it makes That's me think the the old right. adage the old adage of those that can't do teach <laughs> yes exactly I mean, He's not a scientist. He's a science communicator. We've described him as such in the past on this forum. And he's like Bill Nye, the science guy. You know, he's not a real scientist. No, I think he's just a cast member. And his uh -huh. character is to be really freaking annoying. And he's very good at it. He's very good at it. Yeah. Well, before all of this, he used to come across to me. And before I was even questioning, like, whatever the you know like nasa 
um, crowd. You know, this is before I, I thought that they are full of shit. But he he came across as like a friendly person, as like a warm personality. He was a good teacher. I liked his show, uh, Cosmos. I I thought he came across as a nice person who, um, you know, who looked up to Carl Sagan and dedicated his life to science. I did believe that, but I just believe he's he's a propagandist. He, he is playing the part. He does have his talking points and he won't ever go against them. And it's not about science. I was not aware that he was the host of the modern day Cosmos because I yes, don't watch telly stuff. But um, yeah, I was a big fan of Carl Sagan, but I'm pretty sure he was, I, I don't know. I just think this guy's a puppet. <laughs> just, to, I mean, obviously, yeah. said in the obvious yeah. there, but I well, sort of did read something about Carl Sagan being similar-ish as well, like mm-hmm. a spokesman for, and it's like, oh, damn. Well, there's a reason they use these guys, yeah, Bill exactly. Nye, Neil deGrasse. It's like they have a perceived credibility because we watched them as kids. I mean, yeah. like I was the Bill Nye, the science guy generation, okay? Like when our teachers were homesick and we had a freaking substitute, they'd put Bill Nye, the science guy on the tube and just tell us all to sh- you know shut the fuck up and watch because that's how good our education system is. And... um and I loved Bill Nye, you know, like science rules, man. And like he taught us how to make fucking smoke out of chemicals and shit. And it's like, yeah, so that you grow up trusting these people and then yeah, they I use they called. use them. You know what that's called? Like, what's that? called? Trusted messenger. Hmm. For sure. Messenger tactic. Mm-hmm. It's that's, just that's why so many people that's why they use all the celebrities and they're their songs and the Tom Hanks encouraging everybody to mask up and because everybody mm-hmm. liked Tom Hanks in the movies and stuff. And yeah, I well, look at and then I realized what a piece of propagandist shit he was. I'm like, okay, I don't like Tom Cruise anymore. Everybody, Tom Hanks or Tom Cruise? I was gonna say Tom everybody Hanks. loves. Sorry, Tom Hanks. <laughs> everybody loves Tom Hanks except his own son Chet. Chet's the problem child. <laughs> <laughs> Chet can't <laughs> fucking stand that motherfucker. Yeah, he hates. He Doesn't hates. Doesn't have a lot of problems. Well, by some accounts, he, yeah, his he's, dad's he's, Tom Hanks. His dad's yeah. Tom Hanks, but That's no, he put out psychological or something. I'm he pretty had, like, sure he put out. I'll I'll try to look this up because I think he put out like an anti-lockdown song. Like he's like a rapper and shit. Yeah. <laughs> now just be- he, I was gonna say he has a giant like Illuminati tattoo on his chest. So I don't think that yeah. the division is genuine in any way. Um, and then, and I want to get let Stella speak. The last thing I want to say about Tom Hanks though is that uh, Isaac Weishaupt, which I know this group thinks is a fed, probably is, but he has this thing when he's speaking with guests, he'll ask them like five rapid fire questions, and one of them is, "Do you like Tom Hanks?" And a lot of people say no. Now, I used to like him, but then I obviously he was a propagandist for the lockdowns big time. He and Rita were one of the first people to like, they were actually in Australia and they were like, we have COVID, we're following the guidelines, we're doing what we're the right thing or whatever. But then there was also the uh, Isaac Cappy accusations that he made against Tom Hanks. And I'm like, I, I wouldn't put anything past him. So now I think that he's in the big, um, you know, I think he's a predator. Yeah, and he had that weird thing going on with the white glove. 
Yeah, he would take pictures on his Twitter and he would, it was like lost gloves of kids. It was weird. It was very weird. What kids and are I wearing think- gloves? In New York he's, City? He, he would just put a, I didn't really fully follow it, but I, my understanding was he would put a white glove into the picture that he was taking, like for Instagram or what have you. Um, just put yeah. it in this scene. It was quite creepy. I don't know if he ever explained it. I don't think he did, which to me is just, you know, what I call burly. It's just, you know, them throwing out some burly to the truth of community so we can all go, oh, conspiracy, what have you, keep us busy, you know. But what I was going to say before we get too far off the subject of, um, you know, the, the Degrassis and all that, um, it's just like the people that we grew up with and loving. I mean, look at David Attenborough. He was one of mm. the absolute favourites of, you know, probably more drizzle and nice sort of era. Um, but, and he's fully, he's fully WEF and everything, isn't he? Or fully on board with yep. the agenda at least, yeah. And oh, yeah. that guy, that guy that never, he's always got that stupid grin, Brian Cox. I mean, I used to kind of like him, but I don't anymore. And the other one was, um, you know, that uh, sort of Japanese guy with looking guy with the uh, white hair, Mikul or Michael science guy um oh gosh you guys must know him michio kaku i think yes yes that's yeah he's yeah, fully he's... wef as well <laughs> correct yeah yeah so you know they give us our heroes and they give us our villains that's right so there you go it's just you know this guy's just another one of them really the great the gay i you know only only to break up i'm afraid we're gonna get the gay ass fatigue so I, <laughs> it's already I think, happened, man. <laughs> I know, yeah, but trust me, there's more that's worth discussing from that clip. But we need a break, okay? And maybe we do it with little Chet Hanks music, <laughs> okay? <laughs> this this cool. song is called "White Boy Summer." <laughs> nice. Go ahead, Driz. <laughs> no, I was just saying, nice. I want to hear it yeah. now. Okay, all right, here we go. <laughs> I swear to God, man, as soon as you get a bag, these bitches want to take it from me. Take it, fuck it. Yeah. <laughs> fuck it. Turn it up, the beat, and my headphones. Just a little bit. Yeah, just a little bit, yeah. White boy summer. I met a bad little shorty on the powder dance. Getting to the bag like it was her only chance. Rich bitch. No, 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 them bands said fuck it. Then she went and made her only fans. Uh, hot boy, white boy summer. Got your favorite Instagram bitch, DM in her number. Hit the strip club of Mike Thunder. She let me beat it. I'm a white boy wonder. Uh, back y'all, white dandada. Rude boy, it's a white boy summer. Uh, back y'all, white dandada. Rude boy, it's a white boy summer. Tatiana's all out by the cabana. Rolling marijuana and they all from Guyana. Yeah, Russian girl named Setlana. Another from the islands, yeah, she looks like Rihanna. Yeah, white girls love Madonna. Girls wanna have fun, you could do it if you wanna. But shout out to my LA chicks on some LA shit. Eating sushi at Katana on the Sunset Strip. You know the boy got nice, cause I'm the one with the drip. West sign won't slip when I come through. Bullseye won't miss, always hit my target. Made a strip off rip. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Holy mama. What oh, the that, was, so that was something, wasn't it? His mother must be so proud. <laughs> and his grandma. No, just not. Oh, yeah. Well, it's funny because there's Colin Hanks, who's an actor and is also Tom Hanks' son. And he seems like a very presentable, you know, kind of like straight laced type of dude. Very much his father's son. And then you get Chet. 
<laughs> and a I, little I shit. I think I was wrong. He didn't ever do like an anti-lockdown song, but I'm pretty sure he went viral with like some anti-vax type TikToks yeah. and whatnot. Yeah. Yeah. He did speak out again. I don't, I didn't follow it, but I know that there was some hullabaloo about him speaking out and saying like, you're not going to touch me with that needle or, you know, something to that effect. So I, you know, I'm halfway inclined to like him. Like I find the whole music video hilarious and I'm not sure if he means it to be, but it's so over the top with all the big ass <sighs> black chicks shaking their asses right in his face. And like, it's like if you were going to do a parody, it wouldn't yeah. be, it wouldn't be any different. You know, we need a white lady with lots of black fat men <laughs> doing a parody. Oh, I've got a heavy helicopter in the background. I do apologize. I'll just mute. Well, while Stella's waiting on that, well, to hopefully pass, she unmutes eventually. <laughs> yeah, hopefully they're not um, coming for her. Exactly. I was I was gonna say that in our uh propaganda report Discord, we have that is what because that song became kind of popular, kind of viral, kind of funny. So that is what they named the MMA or like the UFC watching and discussing channel is White Boy Summer. So every time I hear Hilarious. that, that's what I think of. <laughs> <laughs> see, I just see Burley all through that, really. Um, did you? Can you put that image up, um, Mike, or not, without upsetting the video that you currently have? Uh, which which image? The one that I put into the private chat. Oh, uh, just a moment. If you can, otherwise we can. <laughs> oh wow, yeah, that's pretty Illuminati. Um, <laughs> you <second>. think? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Here we go. Uh, I'm going to do a description for those who are only listening. We're currently mm -hmm. looking at an image of Chet Hanks. Oh chest and tattoos his chest he'd be a good chest feeder um <laughs> he has some rather interesting tattoos so we have the um <laughs> we have the illuminati eye in the triangle right in the middle there um over his heart is a love heart with Michaela, so that's obviously somebody Michaela, Michaela, possibly passed away who knows i don't know it might be peterson's daughter who knows could be interesting what's that the cerebus is that what's the on the over here there yeah it's the caduceus caduceus that's right yeah yeah which is the the dual snakes wrapped around the pole um is the same as like the medical symbol? Yes. Or correct. Yes. Okay. It's, correct. It's also um, the, the medical visual image has... of DNA. Yes. The, yeah, medical double, symbol double has, yeah. the medical symbol also has, I think, wings. But yes, yeah, that's does. basically it. But uh, that does have three, origins. Black suns, suns sort of looks like. Three black suns. Maybe. Yeah. I don't three, know. three black mm. suns, yep. And then it says, it says 12. One, three, two, three. Oh. I think one, two, three. One, two, okay. Three. Yeah. I was going to, I thought this might be a decimal like 12.3, but no, I think it's just one, two, three. What's that it about? Looks like that. I don't know, but I think uh, maybe head for the ADL site, ADL.org. He's also got, <laughs> what, he's up, alpha. let's have a look at there. Uh -huh. He's got the Latin, looks like oh. the Latin alpha and omega. Alpha yeah, and omega. Alpha to yeah. omega. Can anybody oh, read shit. this? Also, I am who I am. That's, yes. this says I am who I uh -huh. am. And it also has the laurel wreath there around his neck, which is also, you know, Roman based. But uh, I think there's more to it than that. I can't quite remember. So mm. there's, um, there's the, oh, he's got the, the, the Madonna on the le left shoulder, other side. This one. The Madonna. 
Um, or is that Jesus? It, I think uh, it looks like a, a Christian symbol of like a angel. that looks like. Oh, oh, see I, this. It looks like no, a baby. I thought it was see, a baby. It's not. It's see uh, the, no, it is. It's the Madonna and child. See the the hand okay. around the bum the okay. bum of the baby there. That's okay. Madonna's yeah, hand. Not not the Madonna that sings. The other one. <laughs> right. The original. <laughs> I can't quite figure what this says. You not. You not. No. Something Luna. Something. I'm gonna have to look that up. That's Latin see, for something. That looks like. Yeah. See, that's an angel underneath there. That's uh, probably Gabriel or Michael underneath. Or well, who knows which? It looks like a fallen angel actually. <clears throat> so anyway, interesting artwork. Yeah, um, definitely a lot of sim- symbolism. Um, but yeah, well, you know, when when I was a teenager, like I could not wait to turn eighteen so that I could go to my local tattoo parlor and get the all seeing eye tattooed in the center of my chest. You know, it's <laughs> a common thing yeah. with uh, American children. The real right? coming of age. Yeah. The trouble is, you get to around about forty, fifty, and you've got a little, got to get a little monocle tattooed over it (laughs) (laughs) oh that was you know it starts to go a little bit you know interesting interesting sidebar there about chet hanks um who the fuck knows right but i would i would hesitate to trust him uh, or get in a car with him or i don't know maybe i'd go to a party with him i i can't say i wouldn't (laughs) he'd probably have a reasonable time I, I'd probably have an unreasonable... Bit of dry time. humping. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. Are we ready Speaking for a... dry humping? Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, no. It's, you brought uh, Tyson back up on the screen. Too. Yeah, yeah. The gay <laughs> ass. The gay hey, ass. Back to Tyson. <laughs> yeah. Um, Mr. Know-it-all. That's, you know, that's another good nickname for him. I just hate this, like, know-it-all attitude. Um. Anywho, let's, I, again, I apologize to put you all through this, but this is the job that the good Lord gave us, and I think we're doing a pretty good job so far. Here we go. Yeah. And even if you do, we presume that would be a very distant third compared to those two cases. All right. the, no, there's a third one I can give you very easily no, in this me, country. For politics, we have female-only shortlists for uh, positions in, in parliament. Uh, therefore, oh, I didn't know about claim that. That's that, interesting. Okay. Well, that's another example. I can give you more. So... Uh, Female-only shortlists, there are certain targets within corporations for uh, diversity targets to have a certain number of women on the board. Therefore, when you make a claim that you are female, you are attempting, whether intentionally or not, to insert yourself into categories that are deliberately designed to protect women's interests. That is the concern that people have. So there's four examples for you there. Please address them. Sure. So interesting about the parliament. I have to look into that to find out what the – is it – Try to ensure the representation of women. Is that the goal? That's correct. Yes, yeah, correct. Okay, fine. So that's a perfectly noble cause there. So um, about uh, personal uh, changing spaces, okay? Uh-huh. Um, uh, that's a solvable problem, of course. Mm-hmm. And we basically have accomplished that here in Manhattan, where I live. Uh, practically all bathrooms are either uh, multi-gender or, or it's solo bathroom. So only one person at a time, mm-hmm. or you walk into a space and there's stalls that are closed off, but then you exit the stall and you come to a communal sink. Okay. Yes. Yes. So it's a solvable problem where everyone has a private space rather than uh, uh, for themselves, rather than having a gender private space. Okay. That's it's solvable. 
on a level, by the way, let me give an example. Uh, we have a school from the early 20th century in New York, and it's, and I just saw it the other day. There's an entrance here and an entrance there, and this entrance says girls, and this entrance says boys. It's like, what the fuck? What? 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 You separate them just to enter the school? I can look back on that and say, that was ridiculous. You guys, what were you thinking? But back then, I'm sure it made complete sense that you're going to send the girls through that entrance, and, and there's an elementary school, and the boys through that entrance, okay? So it is possible to look back on whatever you were doing and say, my gosh, that was really short-sighted, and look at the solution that was proposed and implemented. That was a good idea. We moved on from that. Okay, so I remember boys' rooms where you come out and, you, you know, you whip it out, and we'd all be peeing into a trough, okay? We don't have those anymore. That Okay. Okay. I have something to say here. Don't you? <laughs> I fucking love peeing in a trough, okay? Maybe I'm alone here. I don't know about you boys. Uh, I guess it's just me and, me and uh, Drizzle here. Man, we're outnumbered, brother. The guy's in the chat, too. <laughs> <laughs> But I grew up, okay, one of my favorite things in the world is going to Wrigley Field for a Cubs game, okay? Mm. And it's something that's, like, almost legendary about Wrigley Field is pissing in the troughs. You know, a bunch of drunk Cubs fans, the jokes, the banter. I mean, it is like a bonding thing, as as gay as that sounds. I'm just being honest. Like, and I... <laughs> I don't mind having a divider between urinals. Don't get me wrong. It's not like I crave being right fucking shoulder to shoulder. Okay. <laughs> My point is saying that it's, it's almost a rite of passage for young men to learn to pee in front of each other. Okay. And I'm sure women have similar sort of rites of passage when it comes to bathroom etiquette and whatnot. But part of it is like learning to joke around and to like, you know, it's like, look ahead. You can glance over and ma make eye contact for a second, but you better not hold it. <laughs> but you can crack a joke. If you can make someone laugh in the men's room, it's like a badge of honor. Okay. Mm -hmm. And I've noticed this pattern. You know, I go to the local pub pretty regularly and uh, there's a tiny little bathroom for the men. Two urinals in a stall. And it's all packed in like you, you, you really don't have much wiggle room, right? And it cracks me up every time I'm at the urinal and I'm in there by myself and somebody comes in behind me and instead of going to the urinal next to me, they go into the stall and pee into the toilet. I'm like, to me, it kind of screams like, you're a pussy, dude. And I, you know, I don't know if I'm making a good point here except to say that like, this to me is sort of like biological in a sense, right? And well, it's all biological, but like this idea that we were so, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like archaic or like barbaric to pee in a trough. I, again, fuck you, Neil DeGayas. Well, I, I think like, that's I exactly like that. the argument that he's trying to make, right? That, that, uh, doing that 
for bathroom facilities, especially in a large place like a stadium where it, it makes it actually more efficient to do it that way from way a waste more disposal yeah. standpoint, right? That that was somehow archaic and, and something that, that we used to do because we weren't as smart then as we are now. Uh, which again, I can't remember the name of it right off the top of my head, but it's it's another logical fallacy. Like he, the dude is obviously a very practiced sophist because he uses all the tools of sophistry like to the nth degree every time he opens his mouth. It's funny we've got we've got some funny comments in here. Um. <laughs> Ando admits to being a little pee shy, which is fine. I get it. You know, when I'm stoned, I have a hard time peeing sometimes. I, but he I says figured it, Ando would have gone for the trough pee. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. It, he says, "Yeah, I mean I that's have, a pretty good way to meet women, isn't it?" What peeing in public? <laughs> At the trough? I don't know. Okay. I don't know about I'm anybody confused else. where everyone goes I, now. I don't know about other ladies, but. For me, bathroom time is private time. I do not like sharing bathrooms, and I don't like using public bathrooms where it's multiple stalls. Even if there's a stall in there, um, even if they're all enclosed off, and even if it's floor to ceiling stalls, I don't, I don't like using them if there's somebody else in there. I'll wait for them to leave before I go use the bathroom. I just want to uh, clarify, uh, Stu just left a, a comment just uh he's saying pee, peeing on ice is fun but he likes he prefers to pee alone i think he's talking yeah. about the, like the frozen type i don't think he's like talking about taking ice and then peeing just on ice that. yeah right, right. <laughs> it, what is it, ice is like meth right <laughs> yeah 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 i don't think that's what he meant no he meant peeing in the snow ice. yeah it's like peeing in the snow man there's nothing better yeah. um <laughs> ando says pee shyness leaves if he's drunk but it is a weird <laughs> mental block. He has to concentrate. It's a funny thing. You do have to. It's like mind over matter, to be honest. Like, that's why I'm kind of like, uh, it's a judge. It's a character judge. Like, are you going to are you going to pee in the urinal? Or are you going to pee in the stall just to have, you know, two feet of distance? Because the, the truth of the matter in that bathroom is it really doesn't fucking matter. You're still right next to each other, <laughs> you know, and uh Anywho, I I did not expect to get so much feedback from the audience on the on the issue of of urine and whatnot. Bodily functions, that... man, it's one of the few <laughs> things that we all have in common. True. Oh, and yeah. also, Keel said that uh, Neil was full of shit because those do still exist. He's an idiot. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They do. Like I said, they're still there at Wrigley Field, and if they got rid of them there might be an uprising in Chicago. I'm not kidding, you know? <laughs> Should we go on? Yeah. Any any Neil more thoughts is, on peeing? I'm just going to say, Neil is a total know-it-all, and that's his name from now on. He no, he is no longer Neil deGrasse Tyson. He's Mr. Know-it-all. Know-it-all de gay-ass Tyson. I could imagine him being or, like a, tr a trough narc, like the cart <laughs> narcs, but a trough guy. He'd probably sneak a peek <laughs> at your pecker. He would. He would, and then he'd analyze it in his own gay way. <laughs> well, he had his own Me Too mo moment, didn't he? Wasn't he accused of doing something salacious with somebody he shouldn't have been? Oh, never heard. I'm pretty sure I remember that happening. Some yeah, Indian. I don't remember either, but it doesn't surprise me. He must be in the protected class because I don't remember that. Ando, I've used this maneuver too. 
I've even done it on the airplane. Ooh, they tell you not to, but I did it. Uh, sneaking vapes in the bathroom between flights for sure, dude. Get that, get that buzz on. You know what? The best thing for flying though is those little Zin uh, packets that you put in your gums if you need to get your your nicotine on. Uh, that's just my two cents. Not medical advice by any means. <laughs> if you want to learn more about nicotine, go back a couple of uh, episodes. <laughs> All right, should we go on? Let's. Let's oh, kill did kill did have a quick bit about this. He said he had a student or whatever in his hotel room took a shirt off. Total creepo. Mm-hmm. I don't understand, but quite believable. Okay. The Me Too yeah. accusation against DeGrasse Tyson. Oh, is that what happened? I see. Okay. Huh. He says he doesn't. Somebody rem- obviously walked in. Doesn't remember the details, but yeah, it was in the news for about 30 minutes one day. Lucky kid. Yeah, well, he's on the approved list. They're not going to let him get me too too hard. I don't know. Until until he loses his value, I suppose. We do, because we, we, we we're technologically very far okay. behind. Yeah. Okay. So it's, it's a, and then we had urinals just lined up on a wall. That was a little more private. And now those urinals have little small but real dividers so you're not like looking over so so there are solutions to the privacy problem and we've all but solved that here i can't speak for every state in the united states definitely here in new york city the bathrooms it's not all right that's that second with sports very interesting um there's a case where a woman wanted to be disqualified they wanted to disqualify her from an event and she had very big muscles and she had naturally high testosterone levels. Okay. And she was genetically female, but uh, unusually high um, testosterone levels. And so that weirded everybody out. So I'm wondering whether the future of those sports is you don't contest gender with gender, you contest hormone ratios. Well, hold on a second. But, but the differences, phys- the differences physiologically between men and women are not just hormonal. Women have a different hip angle. They have different heart capacity. They have different lung capacity. I mean, there are profound physiological differences. Different bone density. We've had okay, so then we find, on the show so, to talk about it. I don't have a problem with that. Then you find ways to slice the population so that whatever the event is, is is interestingly contested so for example i wrestled in my life i was captain of my high school wrestling team it would be unfair for me at 190 pounds which is what i was back then to wrestle someone 120 pounds hold on it would actually be okay everybody knows that wrestlers are gay so just saying that fair for you to wrestle someone who's also 190 pounds but let me let me work my way there I kid. I hope nobody here was a wrestler. Drizzle, did you wrestle? I did, as a matter of fact. And uh, <laughs> here's the thing: is when it, it there there is a thing as far as the weight classes go. That's absolutely true. Otherwise, they would not have them. But I guarantee you, if my skill is better than yours, it doesn't matter what you weigh. I got a buddy. Um, he goes by Smalls for good reason. He's about four foot eleven, maybe, maybe four ten. And yeah, I think I he wouldn't wrestled fuck with him. He wrestled in like the ninety pound weight class or some shit. 
and he fucks people up, dude. Like when there's a problem, Smalls solves it real quick. He takes people to the ground exactly. and makes them and makes them submit. You know, yeah. it's like the benefit of a little we're bit all of the, we're all the same height on the ground. We're all the same the size. Ground. Yep, yep. Yeah. And he's wiry, man. He's strong for his size. You know. Um, anywho, yeah, it's the same. Yeah, it's it's the same in martial arts. I mean, it, right. The big people are usually the cumbersome ones. Mm-hmm. I do. I do want to point out that um, Neil just used um, one um, very rare type of argument. Uh, one one rare type of situation to defend his argument. How many times do you see a girl in or a female in a female competition that has an unusually high testosterone level? And he's trying to equate that as something that just happens normally. That's not a normal type situation. Um, and I think he's, I... he's conflating that situation with what, what they're talking about with men in women's sports. Well, if I'm not mistaken, um, I believe for like Olympic, like performance enhancement, you know, testing, uh, they test for testosterone because like, if you're not within sort of a reasonable limit, they're going to assume you're, you're juicing. It's, it's a performance enhancer. Right. So anyways, it's kind of a silly argument, but Again, like I just think these mental gymnastics are kind of worth noting here. There, let me just work my okay. way there because you're fine. You're you're you are. I respect the how active your brain is, but I've thought about all this and just allow me to speak it at the rate that I do. Okay, Go for it. so hold up, so, stop. Um, it would be unfair. I cut so, that Pause it. Yeah. Pause it. Yeah. What a dick. Yeah. What yeah. A dick. yeah. That guy is an asshole. Holy crap. That comment was wow. completely unnecessary. I've thought about this more than you have, so I, I should be allowed to I appreciate how active your brain yeah. is. <laughs> that one got me, yeah. Mm-hmm. What the um, fuck, man? Yeah. Really? Your brain could be as active as his? Oh, my God. That's crazy. But I'm Neil deGrasse Tyson, and you have to let me talk. Yeah. I'm Neil He's... deGrasse Tyson. Thank you for not being stupid. Mm-hmm. I've thought about this more than you. It's like he knows how much someone's thought about it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Psychic as well. It's impressive. It's ridiculous. Yeah. I know this is painful shit, man, but <laughs> here we go. Have us in wrestling. They said, let's make weight categories. Okay. So we make weight categories. So I don't wrestle the 120. I wrestle 190 pounder. So a wrestling match is not just this one person against the other person. It's 10 matches. And each one is intensely interesting because they are matched. Okay. So what the trans conversation is foisting upon us is the need to find ways to slice the athletic universe such that we still have interesting fair matches. And is it a combination of, did you go through puberty, um, uh, uh, as a male and then transition? Did you have puberty blockers? Um, what is your hormone level now uh, As you, if you want to compete? So it requires more creative thought. Rather than saying no to it all, let's be creative about this as we were with wrestling, as we, were, as we are with practically any other sport. In rowing, there's a heavyweight rowing and there's lightweight rowing. They don't compete against each other. Somebody came up with that to resolve the problem because more than one 
category of person wanted to compete. So I agree with you. It's an unsolved problem. Yes. But it's not unsolvable, given what we know about human physiology. So why not rise to that occasion and solve it rather than take your older view of the world and force modern emergent conduct of people to fit that? Okay, I want to comment on that comment. <laughs> I want to comment too. You go right ahead. Uh, okay, you, so you I guess I'll I'll sum it up by saying I always raise my hackles, bristle my teeth when people act like we are so much smarter than our ancestors. Because, you know, they might have had a few things figured out too. I hate this idea that like, oh, these are archaic concepts of, you know, men competing against men and women competing against women. Like that's so archaic. We have evolved beyond that. Go fuck your self all Second i was gonna day. say <clears throat> all i was gonna say is i don't have a phd in astrophysicist physics and i am not a uh, i don't identify as gender studies expert but i do have a solution that is much simpler than one he is proposing how about if you want to be a transgender person that's fine if you want to compete in sports that's also fine let's create a category for transgender people and let them compete against each other here, here, well, the Trans Olympics. That would never work because all the uh, no, 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 um, no. They want all the they big ones would. Medical, they want to do all these mental gymnastics to explain and, yeah. and justify their right to compete in sport in categories that they don't want to conform to. So create a category that is just for them, and mm -hmm. they can sort it out amongst themselves. Who gets no, to compete against who? That's that's a fair assessment, um, but they already know that that won't work because. There's still this biological difference. It, he admitted it. It depends on what you went through puberty as, or if they even let you go through puberty. You know, I guess. I, I understand that, and, and that's that's fine. I, I understand that point, but this is something that they're choosing to go ahead with. You know, yeah. this is how they're choosing to lead their life. So and let them work it out. So yeah. let them work it out, and yeah. they can sort that and leave and leave men and women's individual sports alone. They can sort out their own, whatever they want to figure out. Let them do it. I'm up for letting them compete, just not in categories that they don't want to conform to. That's that's my take. Yeah. I'd suggest that they merge with the Paralympics. That's it. I'm out. <laughs> but I'm... <ch> <laughs> <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. Any more thoughts here? It's not too much longer, This this video. Thank God. All right, we'll play on. Uh, okay, well, can we just come back to the female shortlist and other opportunities that women are afforded by mm -hmm. virtue of being women and them now being excluded from that because males are entering that competition? Yeah, so another, a deeper problem, thank you for bringing that up. A deeper problem there is um, why were women underrepresented to begin with? What kind of bias exists within parliament or among the voters, maybe even the female voters, that prevented the representation from being there in the first place. That That's a whole other social question that maybe can and should be answered at a deeper level than a quota coming in after the fact. Oh, I, that, I'm not a fan of quotas, but th if that's they how exist, I would address hold, that question. Hold on a second. That's not addressing the question at all. The question is, female shortlist exists. 
should biological males be allowed to enter those female shortlists? That's that's as simple as, as the question is. Yeah, I'm saying you. I would ask why you have the shortlist in the first place. It's because there's something there's something deeper that's wrong with society that women are underrepresented in governance. So to, to so to say now to to protect that now and not try to get to the root of that problem, I think is the cart in front of the horse. So so I would go deeper to that problem. So but you don't there are have women to have whose, that question. whose opportunities are being curtailed today because they are being forced to compete, whether in sports or elsewhere, against people who have some kind of advantage of. We're, we're in a transitional that... period. So we have to figure that out. But the, 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 the way to figure out things that require solutions to progressive change is not to regress it to how things once were. If that were the case, I would still be drinking from a segregated water fountain. Okay? Oh, let's murder! Of course, we gotta pull the race card. And I guess if he's gonna pull it, maybe I'll pull it too. Ando mentioned it twice in the comments. Uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson is half something else. Maybe I'll leave it at that. Well, did did you notice what else he did there? <laughs> What's that? He he said right out loud what the problem is. And the problem is progressive change because that's what we need the solution for. He said it himself. We need a solution for progressive change. But we cannot regress. That is not an option. We cannot go back to the way things used to be. They were so bad forever and ever until now where we're finally wising up because our ancestors are all so dumb. I mean, I get genuinely insulted. You know, I was talking to my dad sort of about this issue of, you know, the, the, the prompt was this issue of, you know, my sister's in-law, cousins, whatever, going to college for free because they are 132nd Potawatomi or whatever the fuck. And it takes me back to the fundamental question of, like, native to when, okay? And I asked my dad, like, a, a, a sincere question. I said, how many generations of whistlers have there been in Indiana? And he had to sit there and think and count. We are a seventh generation, if not eighth or ninth at this point, with my baby cousins and whatnot, of Hoosiers. We've been here for seven, eight generations. So native to win, motherfucker. You know, like, I, I get in this argument with environmental-minded folks a lot who, who say we have to plant nothing but natives, right? I get clients that are like, natives only. And I'm like, right off the bat, I'm like, okay, so no tomatoes, no, you know, X, Y, Z, you know, it's like, you really want to do that? Like, there's this bias in sort of the um, gardening and horticulture, botany, whatever you want to call it, community over native plants versus, quote unquote, you know, exotic or invasive. Now, there's a difference there. There are exotic plants that are non-invasive. There are native plants that act invasively so it's 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 too reductionistic on its face 
and I make the argument here, I think it applies. It's this idea of like, yeah, we can, you know, it, it's almost the opposite of Neil deGrasse Tyson's argument with these natives only people, because they want to go back to what they call a pre-Columbian ecosystem, as in before Columbus sailed the ocean blue, because that's when all these invasive plants started moving around the globe. And it's like, no, plants have been moving around the globe forever you're just being short-sighted it's the same but different i guess you know and before we move on i wanted to ask uh drizzle had talked about the speaking style or the argument style that neil was using what was that did you say sephoric uh sophistry s-o-p-h-i-s-t-r-y it's it's a uh, rhetorical style. Ah. Can you explain? That's interesting like, because Sophia, I believe, is the goddess of knowledge. Is that correct? Correct. Uh, correct. It, I, I don't think I can do a, a good enough job of explaining it uh, at the moment in my current condition. Um, <laughs> maybe, I bet maybe, I know uh, what it is. But it's yeah. it's a uh, essentially it's a. Uh, uh, a rhetorical device that can be used to argue any point without actually having to rely on things like facts. Mm. Well, they're all very highly trained in that at the moment, aren't they? Yeah. Maybe we, um, if somebody wants to pull up a definition that could be helpful, I'll play the last like minute of this, of this clip. Um, just just to drive home like yeah he he's a fucking know-it-all maybe that's all that what so 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 whatever i can read it out Sophratic. if you yeah yeah go ahead you got it the use of clever but false arguments especially with the intention of deceiving hmm. that's pretty much what driz said yep nail on the head all right, let's play this last minute and we'll we'll share our final thoughts. Urge the water fountains and let's let's create the opportunities from below so that we don't even need the short list. Okay? That's how I would approach this. So yeah, it, we're in the middle of solving that problem now. Figure let's figure it out together. I, I think uh, a lot of people would have an issue with what you're saying, Neil, is because they see women being denied opportunities. They see an unfair playing field, metaphorically and literally speaking. So fix the playing field, damn it! What? what don't, don't say it's an unfair playing field. So all of a sudden, the big issue is trans women taking the slot of a woman in an unfair playing field. Fix the playing field, and you know something? The day you fix that playing field, this conversation will look completely ridiculous. All right, that's oh, it fucking already does. That, that's fucking enough of him. So yeah, I, I totally agree. He's using this method of just arguing with with no real logic, but like making it halfway convincing. I mean, what does that fucking mean, Neil? Fix the playing field. I mean, is the playing field flat? I, I, I always, every soccer game I ever went to, it was a pretty flat field. I don't know how you fix that field, um, except to have the men compete against the men and the women compete against the women at separate times. I mean, come on. It's not that fucking complicated. You cannot reinvent sport. The system is designed exactly the way it's designed for a reason. And it's it's for the enslavement of, of people. And if you try to fix it, 
it doesn't need to be fixed. It's just, it's working exactly the way it's supposed to. And, you know, these, these problems that he says that are there, they're not problems. They're features of the system. They're, they're not bugs, they're features. And he is talking, he's talking out of his ass for one. And for two, he is, he's, he's speaking like someone who is completely oblivious to what the actual problem is. Because if you did quote unquote fix the problem, he wouldn't, he wouldn't be where he is. Yeah, there's something else that I've said many times about these people, and that is they're always over-animated. They always overemphasize their arm movements. Bill Gates does it a lot too, because it's like he has to over-convince you of his bullshit. Um, so that's, yeah, it's really – yeah, very true. It does – it sort of makes them look – it's like those birds that puff themselves up or whatever yeah. to make themselves look bigger. Yeah. And, uh, you know, as far as the fixing the playing field goes – you know what the problem is? It's the problem is the human heart. I mean, nobody can fix that. Nobody can force you, the human heart to change. That's something <clears throat> that's our own individual choice. So you know, the only way to fix it is to flatten the fuck out, <laughs> flatten everybody out, make them all the same, fix the goyim. You know. I, I bring it up fairly often, but if anybody has not read the Kurt Vonnegut short story, uh, Harrison Bergeron. I highly recommend it. It's only like maybe 10 pages, but it's all about this like dystopian future where anybody with any exceptional skills or talents is given handicaps to bring them down to the level of the lowest common denominator to make everything equal. So the most graceful dancer would have to, you know, the most beautiful ballet dancer would have to wear an ugly mask and be chained down, right? The most talented musician would would only be allowed to play an instrument that was out of tune because it would be unfair for anyone to excel above anyone else. This is what they're trying to do. I'm sorry, Mike, I missed the very first bit of what you said there. Where was this? What culture? This, this is a short story oh, okay. written, written by Kurt Vonnegut Kurt Vonnegut. Okay. A hometown hero. He grew up here in Indianapolis. And um, he's a he wrote, you know, Slaughterhouse-Five and a whole bunch of other great, great books. Right. But Harrison Bergeron, it's a very short story, but it really drives home this point of, like, equality at any cost. Because it would be so unfair for anybody to, to succeed. You know, it's communism to its mm. natural logical conclusion yeah. i'm trying to remember where it was i saw it was it was it was an article they were talking on on the news about um somewhere they removed the reading and math requirement for minority students at a high school i think out in california and they're basically saying well we know that you you struggle with math so we're not we're not going to force you to measure up to an acceptable standard to pass your classes. You're you're indigenous. Oh, you must be broke. We're gonna give you free college. Yeah. Oh, you're you know yeah. I mean, it goes on and on. It's it's yeah. insulting. Affirmative action. Why are they not insulted that they are being? That's told what I always that they I need a leg up. That. Many are. That. Yes. That's the thing is 
that's not what gets amplified, right? What gets amplified is the people taking advantage of things like affirmative action. Yeah, that's really so, true, Drizzle. Yeah. Many, many are. It's like it's similar to what's happening in Australia too. It's like so many of the Indigenous don't want to know about, you know, I mean, there's a lot of very successful Indigenous people as well, which sort of <laughs> people tend to forget about. Yeah. No, well, and they, quite well for themselves. It should be based on socioeconomic levels, not race, of course. Yeah, and and the media also uh, tricks us into accepting these uh, concepts of monolithic communities, right? Like the black community or the mm -hmm. Jewish community or or whatever. The, these things don't actually exist, right? They're just individual people. Yeah, true. Yeah, not everybody's in the same basket just because they're in that group or recognizable by that thing still just as much individuality well yeah i you know i we're we're a bunch of white supremacists for saying all this obviously well i think neil was was trying to get to that point and for whatever reason he was just hemming and hawing on actually saying it but uh, i could see it in his eyes like it was it was definitely in his heart he just couldn't get it out you know, I don't know if anybody's ever attempted it, but I would really love to see an intrepid journalist if they had a chance to ask a question of Kamala Harris. This would be my question. So, you know, Mrs. Vice President, Joe Biden announced well before announcing you as his running mate that he was going to appoint a black female for vice president. Do you believe he knew he was going to pick you or do you think he picked you specifically because you are a black female? You catch my drift, right? The ultimate diversity hire, mm -hmm. a black female. Yeah. The ultimate virtue signal. Yeah. A qualification be damned. Doesn't matter. Clearly. <laughs> I doubt that she gives two shits about whether or not she's qualified for that job. Oh, she probably knows that she got it because of her gender and skin color. Yeah, how could she not? Know? That's not how she got the job. <laughs> <laughs> cough, cough. Yeah. <laughs> Ask Willie Brown how she got the job. Come hey on. <laughs> okay. Whoop. Sorry. I I do have. Another potential topic. We're we're pushing, you know, three hours at this point. Um, I'm almost thinking maybe we keep this one in the back pocket, but I do have something I'd like to share that's just fun. Um, <laughs> uh, hopefully, I can find it here. I believe I shared it in the chat, and it is um, a couple of guys bowling. You know, like the like not not bowling in the American sense, but like what do you call it? Um, bocce ball it's more like bocce ball did you all see this or did i share it in a different chat i don't think i see i don't all think right, i saw on. it i know where i can find it but it's funny as hell it has nothing to do with anything so like if anybody wants to share any thoughts in the meantime i'm i'm hesitant to get into a whole nother big topic um i think maybe we wrap it up on something light what do you think sounds good to me sounds good all right. Let's see if I can find it. 
maybe um do me a favor we could we could go around the circle while i'm trying to find this shit and uh and do our plugs do all that shit you know me as always mike the polymath easy peasy podcast uh if you want to find my links or my book go to easypeasy.ittybitty.tips and i'll pass it to ashley Thank you very much, Mike. I am Ashley slash Think Change Repeat. You can find me at the unionoftheunknowns.com and you could find me over on Twitter at unionunknowns. And uh, I would love to hear from you. Thanks. Uh, Stella Q from Union of the Unknowns, um, also Easy Peasy Podcast, and uh, occasionally the Propaganda Report every now and then and uh, here and there. Over to Drizzle. Oh, to me? No, it's to Fido. Fido's next. Oh, sorry. You were in the other order. You were next. But now that we're back on screen this way, <laughs> Fido's next. <laughs> I think either I'll way take, works. I'll take it. No matter. No worries. Um, Phytophiliac. Uh, you can find me on Twitter, uh, uh, That Powers Lady. I am on Instagram, Phytophiliac2021. Uh, I have do have my music back up on Bandcamp, so you can go listen to it to your heart's content and maybe buy a copy. Uh, phytophiliac.bandcamp.com. Uh, you can also stream my music on your major streaming platforms. And um, if you listen carefully, sometimes you can hear me on Drizzle's po uh, podcast, uh, Branta for Liberty Radio or Media Monarchy some mornings. Yeah, sometimes even if you don't listen carefully, you can hear it. It's pretty cool. Uh, I am Drizzle, host of the aforementioned Liberty Radio, and uh, we also have a t-shirt shop uh, that you can access by going to manufacturingreality.org, which is also the place where you can uh, find pretty much everything else that I have my fingerprints on. But I have a question for Ashley. I was wondering, how do we find the Union of the Unknowns? <laughs> well, Drizzle, I'm glad that you asked. <laughs> you can find us at unionoftheunknowns.com. That's our Linktree page, and it has all the ways to get in touch with us. <laughs> and I will, I will add two things. Uh, first of all, I love how Ando, like, he's taking a break from podcasting, but he's basically being our producer at the same time, <laughs> yeah. talking in our ear. And I love it. I love it. Thank you, well, Ando. I'm so glad Ando's been here with us. It's awesome. Yep. And I will mention, uh, because he had to leave early, and you might be wondering what the hell happened to OG Dad Bod. He had to take off. He's flying out at, like, 3 a.m. tomorrow. Or he has to, you know, leave the house at 3 a.m., so he left a little early and quietly gave us a little bit of an Irish goodbye, although he did <laughs> announce his his departure in the comments. So I will plug him. He has a show called uh, Whole Lot of Nothing, and he's interviewing some cool people. So check him out. And before we go, I will share one more clip that I just think is funny as fuck, okay? And forgive me, it's it's kind of sophomoric if you will 
Oh, welcome to the Indoor Bowls, live from the Eastbourne Pavilion here. And as we join the action, it's Brian versus Wood, and David Bryant has taken an early lead in this, the first semi-final of the day. Yes, it's an enthralling contest, and I personally cannot wait. It's been a nice start from Bryant, hasn't it? Yeah. And now it's the turn of his opponent, Willie Wood there. Youthful crowd in today, they're all massive Willie fans. <laughs> and Willie needs to find a good length here. Oh, perfect length, Willie. <laughs> The crowd love to see that. <laughs> Perfect, Willie. Now, David Bryant here. He's always been very wary of Willie, as David, particularly since last year's memorable final when Willie came from behind and stole the glory. It's like Davis decided to go round the rear here. Oh, got shot there. And this leaves a hard one for Willie. <laughs> he doesn't like to spit on his balls and polish them before he puts them into play. Come on, Willie. Here he goes. There's David sucking on his pipe. <laughs> Willie's stroking that one out there. Good bit of stroking, Willie. Beautiful, Willie. Beautiful. Both his balls, just where he wants them. And he's absolutely determined to hold his end up here. Are you going to keep this up all night? Stop it. Stop what? You must be doing this on purpose. I don't know what you're on about, mate. I'm just concentrating on this very important game here where... Uh, the winner, I can tell you at home, goes on to play the winner of our next match. Okay. I just, that was like one of the best things I've seen in ages. You know, I mean, especially especially his commentator cracking up quietly. I don't know if you could quite hear it, but he's laughing his ass off and he says, stop it, please stop it. And he says, stop what? <laughs> he goes, you must be doing this on purpose. It's pretty That's good. Beautiful. It's pretty good. It's beautiful. It was great. And, you know who that reminded me of? Uh, you guys, I don't know whether anyone would have heard of them. Derek and Clive? Any oh. takers? Oh, Peter Cook and Dudley Moore. Okay, I've just kind of... Oh, okay. Okay, Peter Cook and Dudley Moore, as in the actor. Uh, there was a comedy team that... Uh, just look it up, you guys. I don't know. Maybe it's too dated, but at the time it was absolutely hilarious and they reminded me of it, so yeah. Well, as I've already stated, hey! um, <laughs> some, sometimes things from the past aren't so bad. So I'll probably check that out. Stella. Yeah, it's definitely not for children. Yeah. Who's your kitty there, Fido? That's Tori. Hi, I'm Tori. sitting in her chair. She, she wants my seat. <laughs> <Not happy. laughs> well, I tell you what, I bet you Doc's about ready to go outside and take a leak. So uh, I think I'm going to sign off here. And uh, I hope, you know, you know, before I go, though. First of all, I have to line up the outro music, so give me a moment. But <laughs> I just want to say, y'all, this is always so much fun. I try not to get too sappy about it, but I've enjoyed these very, very much. And once again, thank you for being here. Yeah, thanks for having us, Mike. Yes. It's always fun for me, too. Agreed. It's my pleasure. My pleasure. You're a good all right, bunch of dudes. Well, yeah. You know, when we first started, it was nothing but dudes. And now look at us. We're outnumbered. We We're just so need a couple trannies. We just need a couple <laughs> trannies. That's all. Any pussies. <laughs> all right, y'all. Thanks for coming to the WTF forum. We will talk to you soon. Woo!